0: Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime podcast. We are on episode 284 and it is Tuesday, May 24th, 2022. I am your host, Victor Omoyo. And with me, as always, is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Berg. What's happening, everybody? Yes, indeed. And joining us live in the Codex Prime studios, a.k.a. my apartment, is the host of Rhode Island Steambox, uh an awesome podcast awesome rhode island based podcast y'all should check it out please give it up for roberto
1: welcome sir carl victor codex prime slash world what's happening everybody yes indeed (laughs) yeah
0: yeah we're yeah we're we're chilling here and we're we're prepared to talk about moon Knight uh as our main topic of discussion for this week's episode and you know before that we'll get into like you know stuff we've been up to you know and uh stuff and things all the cool nerd stuff that you know we're we uh we are want to uh, to, t- to discuss and dish to dish about uh, as we get into the episode as Carl is sharing the episode across Facebook and social media. I do want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor uh, well, to our two of our sponsors rather first is Silk City hot sauce. Uh, Silk City Hot Sauce. They're they're a Vermont-based uh, business, which which cr- creates all sorts of unique hot sauce flavors, ranging from Erotic Fever to Badass Jew, Mango Madness, Ram Skull, and many others. All these unique hot sauce flavors that can go well with any dish, including some some plain chicken wings. Mm. That's that's some good flavor. All I feel over. like
2: you've been do you've been doing
0: that lately, haven't you? uh i have i have and yeah and uh, that's that's great flavor that that can tingle all over your body Uh-oh. um so <laughs> it's 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 that good uh, it so so yeah um so if you're interested in getting some silk city hot sauce uh go to silkcityhotsauce.com use the promo code codex that's c-o-d-e-x and you'll get 15% off of your order Um, Also, we do want to give a shout out to another one of our sponsors uh, from dear friend of the show, Afton. Her business, Infamous Customs. That's M-F-A-M-U Customs. You can check them out out on uh, Instagram for all of your uh, custom T-shirt and apparel needs. Uh, That's Infamous on on Instagram.
2: And also where you can get Codex Prime merch, DJ Mr. Bird merch, Do the Film Thing, Victor Vader.
0: Mm -hmm. Victor Vader right here, as you can see for our facebook listeners the back of my shirt right there so yeah uh, all this and more uh on infamous customs let me customize you is the slogan
1: all right so uh roberto
0: how are how are things in your world man
1: man uh i'm having the time of my life i am having a, a great time because uh because I, i've got some family stuff uh sorted out and in order um so things are really great at home and uh, I've got the I've just got the best job in the world, right? Like the the job that I wrote at Steambox, right? So and, and we are at Steambox RI on social media if anybody wanted to check it out. Um, I wrote a job where I was like, All right, so so you in high school, Victor in high school, right? What's Victor love? What does Victor need? What does Victor not have in high school? Mm. And I wrote a program where the students are my boss and whatever it is that they're passionate about, whatever they need we're gonna build a science project around it. So yes. if I'm if I'm guessing based on your uh, based on you being a film buff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have students who are who are film buffs too, and I'm I'm getting them a camera, and I'm buying them the camera that they need, mm-hmm. and I'm saying let's create content together. Let's create my other students who are coding. Let's create a website where we can put this content up, yeah. and that's how ultimately we ended up with our podcast, man. So we are ending another school year, aiming for Tokyo next school year again with nice. uh some students from rhode island and honestly it's a blast
0: oh that's awesome Thank yeah
1: you. yeah and how long have you been doing doing the steam box thing i started um 10 years ago 10 years ago i was working for a place called inspiring minds in providence mm-hmm. and um and i'm a, you know I, i'm this puerto rican from the hood and I, and I had worked my way up to like a director of like um this this stem center kind of thing mm-hmm. and we had a meeting and somebody was like somebody was like um Oh, you must be the executive director of the organization after I had, you know, after we after the meeting. And uh, then the actual executive director of the organization who who looks and sounds exactly like our our last president. I mean, the hair, everything. Uh, This woman walks in and she was she was like him. No, a hoodie could never be. You know, director of an organization like this, I'm the executive director. Nice to meet you, kind of thing, Mm -hmm. and that went up my ass so hard, man. That that like really burnt. Like I, I probably built Steambox half on love and half on spite after that. So we started Steambox about nine years ago now, uh, with the students. The students sit on my board. The students can fire me. At any given moment, if they're like, uh, ah, Roberto's not it anymore. We need somebody new." The students can fire me, and I'd be like, all right, go your own way. Good luck with Japan, suckers." <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we're having a blast. We built arcade cabinets in several several schools. You saw one of the arcade cabinets. I played one of them.
2: You I-, I-, one of them. I schooled a couple of uh, schooled a couple of them in Marvel versus Capcom too.
1: So, would you would, you, would, you, would you, for our audience? Would you would you uh, acknowledge that this is not like it wasn't like some shanty. Shimmy cardboard kind of thing. This is like a legit arcade. No, it was
2: legit. Like I got, I got my fair share of carpet tunnel for <laughs> you know for pressing arcade machines. Yeah, man. Like I felt like I was like I spent a couple of minutes over at Free Play downtown. But that shit is legit.
1: No quarters yeah. necessary. This thing plays over two thousand games. They built a TARDIS from Doctor Who. Uh, and they put, just like you made this room, uh, like green screen compatible, right? Yep. We, we use the same paint on the inside of the TARDIS so that you can, uh, do special effects, make little videos, uh, and, and the inside's a photo booth. Uh, we made a hoverboard cause I had students, uh who were inspired by um, Marty McFly. Uh, this is not the bullshit that you saw a couple of Christmases ago that were lighting Christmas trees on fire. This, this was a board that hovers off the ground. It can go over the lake behind the school and everything. We made a legit hoverboard. Um, we almost blew up the General of the Air Force doing it. It's a long story. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, and and uh, even even I had a group working really hard on this project inspired by their love of Star Wars and Halo, and they sent this camera... Uh, to outer space and they took a photo of the earth uh and they recovered the camera and they were again that has its own stories too about how the gps stopped working but these students who would tell you they hate math and science Mm -hmm. found the thing exactly where it was two states away from where we launched it Mm -hmm. um so i'm having the time of my life again and and those are the kind of things that we working on sweet (laughs) yeah like like I said, I've been on two
2: episodes of uh, Steambox Rhode Island, and I can honestly say, like, those are some of like the coolest kids. I don't know, I shouldn't say kids, students, like, ever.
1: Like, yeah, cause they're us, bro. Yeah, they 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 are. Uh, they they they're, the, they're the excuse me for you know implying anything about you guys. Uh, but they're hood nerds, right? Like, like the football jocks have football, and they have all these things to do, and all these other people have things and places. Uh, this program is for everybody, but specifically, first and foremost, for the hood nerds, for the students who want to come in and do and watch anime and learn how to make their own anime and and build from there and do these other things.
2: Hey, I mean, like, big shout out to two two names I remember: Hendry from Highlander and um, wow, jo- and, uh, Jordan from Central Farm. I love
1: Jordan's voice. <laughs> we yeah, we broke his voice last week. We did the uh, hot ones challenge. Uh, NC, NCF, uh, Angela was there, my son was there. I brought them in and I brought the actual hot sauces, right? From the mm-hmm. and I'm sure that your sponsor has like some dope hot sauces. Oh, you want to try some later? Yes, I do. Okay, yes, I do.
2: I got the bag in the car,
1: man. All right, these, <laughs> these students were cocky, man. They thought they'd get through all 10, but Jordan in particular sweat his ass off. Jordan was Jordan looked like he fell into the pool with his clothes on. <laughs> <right in the laughs> podcast, man. How do you oh, do? How do you do though? Did he bake it? uh mostly everybody made it a couple people tapped out to the milk you know a couple people tapped out to the milk early on uh there was a little bit of toxic masculinity around the milk (laughs) implying that like if you if you go for the milk you're out that kind of (laughs) thing uh but mostly everybody made it but they did regret it and we did you know on on this week's podcast uh they talked about breaking their porcelain you know (laughs) thrown at home (laughs) afterward. uh and one last thing because i know i know i've used a lot of my word bubble But, uh, yeah, you were on the podcast. Thank you for mentioning we have our own podcast. Uh, We are not competing with the amazing stuff that you guys are doing. We do not have a lot of sponsorship and stuff like that. But what we do have is our students uh, who just wanted to learn how to mix and edit. Our students have, for last year, they were number one in the world in education for 17 straight weeks. Mm Uh, I, I'm sure that you guys look at all of your data, and when we look at the world map and see that we got people listening in Finland and all over Europe, right? It's like, why? <laughs> why are people listening <laughs> to our nerds talk I about generalship?
2: I never listen to ours. Well, I mean, I listen to ours, but like, I never check that check out. You know those stats because I feel like it's like, oh, uh, it, it would. have... If I see, like, nobody's listening, it will probably, like, discourage
1: me. That's when I did it. When we weren't number one anymore. <laughs> like, when we were number one. I don't care about the stats. When we weren't number one anymore, I was like, well, what's going on? And I, that's when I started rooting through that stuff. So. so, I
2: mean, I'll check it out. Actually, I actually never – I think you have the know-how. Oh,
0: man. Last time I checked the stats was uh... –
1: That was this was pre-pandemic. That's the last
0: time I looked at the
1: stats. You're gonna find out that you have at least one listener in Sri Lanka, and then you're gonna be really confused and like, how did this happen? Yeah, it was weird because I remember like last time we had when I checked the
0: stats, we had one listener from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. Yep. Which was like, huh. We just referenced him as the Saudi prince for like <laughs> the longest time. Like, we didn't even know who this who this person was. Yo, shout out to the Saudi prince. Prince, Codex it. Prime. <laughs> we did get a comment from the Philippines one time. Like, they just said, hello from the Philippines. We're like, wait, what? Like, wow, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool, man. Yeah, it's like, you never know. It's funny with podcasts. Like, there's like literally millions of them, but you never know like what podcast Will catch fire Or like who From what ends of the earth People will actually Pick up your content Yeah
1: exactly yeah. Exactly Yeah
2: So um Yeah Yeah We gotta have you try to You know some of our Hot sauces Cause I, I'm down
1: I'm down Y'all
2: see Y'all You was doing it First of all I was looking for the episode I was looking for the episode Yeah I wanted to see I wanted to listen to uh, just The hot to, ones Yeah Alright But I did listen to this week's one <laughs> And all their uh Testimonies of like uh what they've been through from <laughs> after trying it, I'm like, they need Silk City. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> they need Silk City.
3: Yeah. Man,
1: I am. Uh, I can't show your audience at home because I don't want to get beat up. But here's our mutual friend. Here's our mutual <laughs> friend responding to the hot sauce. Uh, I thought they could take it because she's dope with hot, she's dope with heat. She could take the heat, mm-hmm. but apparently that one. And this is C- and this is CF. This is NCF. yeah. Oh man, I got your man Jordan in here somewhere too. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if I'm swiping the right way, but Jordan's Jordan's struggling. Yeah, yeah. Jordan's struggling in some of these pictures. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I remember her too. She was a real sweetheart. Yeah, shout out to Desi. Desi is the Desi honest. was a real sweetheart. Desi brings up a lot of – Desi keeps our conversation – she keeps our conversation clean. And what I mean by that is uh, a lot of the girls, even even though Steambox is more girls than boys, a lot of the girls sometimes get run over by the boys. The boys feel like – because of the patriarchy, right? Like, we feel like this is our mic, right? Like, this is our chance. But Desi will call you out and be like, well, how come – how come I'm being reprimanded for the way I'm dressed when it's you who can't control yourself around the way that I'm dressed? And those are some really good conversations on the podcast. <laughs> that I did,
2: it, yeah, that I did here, And I was like, ooh, you know what? That's very thought-provoking. <laughs> uh,
0: shout-outs to Angela uh, Marindola, friend of the show on the chat, asking, uh, what mutual friend might this be? And an uh, expletive emoji.
2: <laughs> and, um, yeah, you also will have to take the Silk City Hot Sauce Challenge. I mean, that should be a
1: thing that we do.
2: Oh, that's good. Every High five. High five. Every, that's every, guest, every guest has to take the Silk City Hot Sauce challenge. Silk oh, yeah. City
1: Hot Sauce. You got your own hot ones going on. I like it. I <laughs> yep. like it. Yep. 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 We did, you know what? We're going to do it. We are going to do we're it. We're going to do it. I think you should was, do it. I think you should
2: do it. As soon as this is over, like, we're vroom, vroom. I got plastic spoons in my bag. Let's
1: do it. Yeah. We're, oh, we are doing. it. Bring <laughs> that toxic masculinity, though. No <laughs> milk. No milk. <laughs> oh, we can. I've done it plenty
3: of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've got almond milk in the fridge, so. All right. <laughs>
2: But uh, I'm yeah.
0: no periods. Uh. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, so
2: let okay. The what we what we've been up to is yes. Which, yes. Uh, you want to start or should I go? Settle this like men. All right. Rocks, paper, paper scissors, scissors shoot. shoot! Boom. Anyway, so what <laughs> I've been up to <laughs> is uh just a couple of comics, and I know this is gonna be because I know Moonlight's gonna be Moon Knight is gonna be a uh, lengthy discussion. Mm. So I actually have here. Uh, first up, I have this new comic from uh, Image, produced uh, published by Image. It's actually really called I Hate This Place, but I Bought the Variant. That basically, that is the explicit <laughs> title. Fuck This Place. <laughs> okay, it was written by Kyle Starks and uh, RTM Topolon. I'm pretty sure I butchered that and I apologize. But it follows a couple named Trudy and Gabby who... Um, Who inherit a farm and they're ready to like start a whole new chapter in their lives and stuff. And, um, but they're not, but not knowing that the farm has been like plagued with like ghosts and aliens and all types of supernatural beings. And now they have to uh, quote unquote abide by the rules Mm -hmm. to survive. And some crazy like corrupt shit goes on as well. Like that's how the book actually starts. Mm. So it's like I, like a lot of the like independent horrors that I'm that I have been reading. I'm like finishing up. Rain just finished. Rain by Joe Hill just finished up. Um, the last book you ever read is a is about to end. Uh, it comes the last one comes out tomorrow. Um, yeah, a lot of them because they're all short. They're all re- relatively short. Fucking Berserker with Ke- the the Keanu Reeves book is about to end. Oh wow! That's only a twelve limit. That's
1: only a twelve issue series.
3: Okay.
2: That will be picked up on Netflix.
1: There you go is that with Keanu Reeves I know he's he he's involved that's his jam yeah so is he gonna star in oh yeah so I got a question for you about uh about I hate this place because mm-hmm. uh me and your commenter uh also read this this week too okay so I think that you and I might struggle in this place but Victor Victor would be the master tell him why tell him about the bunker with the tapes oh he honestly with everything you can't
2: can't let them touch you. Mm-hmm. But then also, you have the
1: family downstairs, so I mean <laughs> it'll be just like, it, it, You'll be just right at you'll be right at home. Man, they got a okay. bunker in there just with your whole collection. Your whole collection of movies, all of that yes, stuff. Yeah, that part. Okay. Mm-hmm. You are good to go. The aliens start coming and the and zombies. I don't know why they was both. I have to read issue two, I guess, to find out. Right. <laughs> but both of those things are in there. I think you'd do well. I think you're going to be happy and at home while the zombies are right outside the door.
2: <laughs> and not to mention, I, well, you've upgraded since. Yeah. It's just a bunker full of wall-to-wall VHS movies.
0: Dang. VHS movies. If you swap them out with Blu-rays, that,
1: that'd be 100% right there. <laughs> I, I think you could do that during the daytime. I don't know. But can they not leave the land? Is that what's up? I think that's what it is. It was, like, I didn't understand why. Right, You can't at night. I know that for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Because that
2: was where all like, you know, that's when all the shenanigans went down and stuff. But yeah, Hmm. you be just fine.
1: Okay. I hate this place. Yeah.
2: Fuck this place. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the next one is Captain America Symbol of Truth. Now, this is a Sam Wilson story uh, written by Tochi Onyabuchi. Who um wrote like the Marvel Legends Black Panther series and a couple other titles. And the art is by R.B. Silver, who also did the the cover. That's the A cover. Nice. So Sam Wilson picks up the shield one more time after he gets um a lead from Misty Knight, who he happens to be dating at that time, and about a mysterious hijacking, but it appears to be empty. But there's still some type of connection that that still type of connection not only to Captain America's history, like Steve Rogers' history. Yeah. But also Wakanda as well, Hmm. okay. And that's kind of where it left off. All right, interesting. Yeah, so this
0: is a this like a new uh, limited series. I believe so. Okay, symbol of truth.
2: It is cool to see like a nice, you know, because I don't really have like a lot of Sam Wilson Captain America titles, so I was like, you know, Mm -hmm. let me check this one out. Nice,
3: awesome.
1: But private collection photo. That's, sorry, that was no. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh. but,
2: but yeah, that's what I. That's all I got
1: for this week.
2: Okay. Oh, Jesus. Uh, he, yeah. He's. He, it's about to get real uncomfortable. <laughs> What's happening? What did I do? Oh, it ain't you. Okay. I'm just. I'm just for one It's about to get real uncomfortable. Oh no, it's. He'll be fine.
0: But uh. okay. But yeah, uh, this uh, what I've been up to. Um, well, I've a few things. First, I managed to finish uh, my fourth PS5 game in my collection, and that's Deathloop. Deathloop for the viewers here. Uh, Death Loop is the uh, uh, latest game by Arcane Studios, uh, the makers of Dishonored, um, and others. Uh, this is a really cool uh, uh, sci-fi game. It's, uh, it takes place in on this island called Black Reef, and you play as a, uh, the main character here, the protagonist named Colt Vaughn and he wakes up on this island and uh, this, this island called Black Reef and what's unique about this this island is that uh it goes every day is looped so morning evening morning noon uh evening morning noon afternoon and evening the the after, when the evening ends the time just warps back to like the beginning of the day. So the same day loops over and over and over again. And Colt, uh, he's, he's being pursued by a mysterious woman named Juliana Burke, who kills him every single day. And so he has to figure out why he's, why she's trying to kill him, why, or why she's been killing him. Uh, the, the mystery behind this, uh, Island of Black Reef, why time is looping. Um, and then he realizes that there's, uh, eight vision. There's eight individuals called visionaries. They're, they're, uh, each of each uh, being which have, which have like unique, uh, unique talents that they bring to this island. Some are scientists, some are um, eccentric uh, singers, uh, some are just sociopaths. And um, Colt realizes that if he kills all eight visionaries, including Juliana, he can break the loop and escape the island. And so what's unique about this game is that um, each day, um, there's, so each day is broken down, broken down into four, four different areas, four massive areas, four different par- times of the day and each 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 uh, period of the day you're you 're gathering clues as to figure figuring out okay, okay how do you get these visionaries to how do you kill all these visionaries in one day? Um, what are their weaknesses what what information or, or secrets you can uncover uh, from each of them? what abilities can you develop as you as you move through the day um, also uh, what makes the game challenging too is that uh, Juliana uh, can randomly randomly hunts you down at certain points of the game and sometimes. Uh, if 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 you have your online online feature on sometimes julian could be played by another uh, another player so they can hunt you down wherever you go um also what's cool is that you you develop different skills and abilities such as like shift where you can teleport from one one part of the of the map to another um there's one called carnesis where you can just like slam people telepathically uh, telekinetically uh there's one called nexus where if you hit if you hit one enemy with nexus um, if there's other enemies nearby, you see this web slowly form among them, and then if you shoot one enemy, everyone goes down too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have all these abilities, and but you have to infuse them, because if you don't infuse abilities with like this uh, this energy called Residium, uh, which you use to power up your weapons and abilities, if you don't infuse any of your abilities or weapons that you find, then you lose all of them when the day restarts again. Yeah. So you have to like make sure that you can pick which ones you can transfer it from loop to loop. Um it's a it's a really it's a really solid game. Um it was it was actually nominated at the Game Awards uh last year for Game of the Year. It actually won uh, game uh, direction at the game of, at the game awards. Um definitely definitely a solid game. Um definitely um it has like I, I like the aesthetic of it. It has this like this nineteen sixties uh sci- retro sci-fi uh aesthetic to it to its setting. Um uh the 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 voice acting from from all of the leads are, are are fantastic um some of the humor is pretty on point um i won't i won't spoil the 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 revelations that you that you find in the story but there's like hmm interesting so it, it does it, the it, the ending is like hmm, okay it it, it, it kind of leaves things open to interpretation as far as like the nature of the characters that you that you encounter but yeah death loop it's definitely a great a solid game um I think right now it's, I believe it's still a PS5 exclusive. It might be a timed one. One year, yeah. For one year, yeah. So uh, hopefully by the end of this year, perhaps, or next year, it'll hit uh, Xbox Series X. But it's definitely worth checking out. Um, really really solid game, especially if you're a fan of, like, time loop uh, science fiction and things. So, yeah, there's Deathloop. Check it out. I finally beat the game. It took me about 20 hours, but it's, 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 it's solid.
2: So. You beat Elden Ring?
0: I did not beat. Elden Okay, Ring. no. Elden Ring <laughs> is gonna take a long, it's take a while. Uh, another game that I did beat was Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I, what the fuck? I, I did God, beat. Guardians. started
2: playing. He really started playing that one again.
0: Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy on the PS5. I think it's also on Series X. Um, Solid game. Um, Top to bottom, I really like the interpretation of the Guardians, um, especially Star-Lord. Star-Lord in the game is actually, I find, to be the preferable version of that character Mm -hmm. than Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt's more of like a big, dumb kid, whereas Star-Lord actually takes things a little more seriously. Um, uh, Shout-outs to the voice actor who played Drax in in the game, because he nailed Batista's voice and (laughs) Cadence 100%. You think so? I thought so like 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 if you if you close your if you close your eyes you might think that it's actually Batista but it's, no it's some other guy. I forget I forget his name but he's like a prolific voice actor too. I'm
2: actually
1: looking it up right now. Yeah. This game came out of nowhere. I it 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 I've did. never seen I've been I've been gaming hardcore for my whole life mm-hmm. and this one I've never seen a game like get announced 2 months before it drops with yeah. such a high profile as like Marvel has, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Square. So you got Square, the people who made Final Fantasy, yeah. right? Making a Marvel game. And then only two months before it drops, am I hearing about it? And it was dope. Yeah, absolutely. And and pe- and people's expectations, mine included, were low
0: because like Avengers was d- actually let people let so many people down. Um, yeah. And because it was like a like an online like kind of kind of like, kinda like had some like free to play mechanics with it, but Guardians of the Galaxy, know it's a solid single player uh, game. Um, Things like fifteen fifteen chapters or so. Um, but yeah, it, it tells us tells a tells a pretty uh, compelling story. Um, definitely dives into like some of the headspace of the characters. It's actually it's a really solid experience.
2: Uh, Jason Cavalier.
1: Uh yes, who plays Drax in the yeah. game. Yeah, the choices that you make were emotional and impactful too, right? Right, like, so you make yeah. some choices in this game, and yeah. you're betraying like uh, <laughs> you know Groot. Or you're betraying you know rocket in some in some instances, oh yeah, uh, and that comes back to bite you in the ass in some parts if you don't play it well, true, yeah, yeah, and also like the way like they've incorporated some of the other uh
0: cosmic characters like Cosmo, the the Russian dog yeah.
2: he's in there,
0: yeah oh, he's oh gangster, he was running shit oh you, you'll you'll find out once you play, play a game, he's in there yeah,
2: when, I, when I have a, I'm gonna make time i I gotta make time for this game,
0: oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, also, um, on the, on the SteelBook front, I ordered my, uh, 4k SteelBook edition of the Batman, uh, which, uh, just came out. Come on camera. Focus. All right. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, I got that uh, in the mail, uh, from, from best buy. Uh, so good. I cannot wait to watch this film, this film, Batman. We reviewed it on the podcast. Incredible five out of five. Um, I can't wait to see what, uh, Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson deliver in the, in the next two films in their trilogy. Um, as long yeah. as it's
2: not in the DCEU, leave it alone. Yeah, uh,
0: it's 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 also one of the biggest strengths of the film that it's not part of the larger DCEU. Yeah. Um but the DCEU has gotten better. Um for example, Peacemaker hilarious show. I really enjoyed it. Um we haven't oh, really reviewed it on the show. I haven't even watched it. You haven't watched it? No.
1: Interesting. Yeah,
0: uh, like like Peacemaker it's 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 a it it, it's, it hits the right tone it's a, it's a worthy follow up to the suicide squad okay um i wa i always watch the uh the intro dance number every episode, <laughs> And every episode i i follow along with the dances with the dance number i think I, I think i nailed 50% of it
1: it's dope man the dance number itself is dope it is yeah should that
2: try. be a yeah. commenters <laughs> would you like to see a code extra of vic Doing the Peacemaker <laughs> dance number? Oh hell yes! Maybe, maybe we'll see. Uh, th- if the viewers want it, we gotta give it to them. You gotta give the people what they want, Excalibur. <laughs> well, we'll we'll
0: we'll see about that. But he uh, doesn't wanna do <laughs> he doesn't want to do it. But, wait, uh... wait, man, five
1: stars for the Joker too, man. Like Joker, <laughs> I was a little, I was a little. Yeah, Joker, I gave it
0: like a. I give it a solid three. I think Joker is like a functions more as a gateway movie because it's it's
1: Martin Scorsese's No, no, I'm sorry. I meant the Joker as seen in the Batman. Oh, in on the Batman? Right. Oh, um I thought I thought it was fine. Ezra I mean, Miller's it, twin. Uh
0: oh, Barry Kagan. I it, he'll he looks more like Ty Sheridan.
2: Ty Sheridan. They all three of them look like brothers.
0: They could be cloned from the same factory. <laughs> but Although like Ezra Miller he's acting up though. here. Oh he's he losing his damn mind. DC
1: better make a decision. That dude he's just insane. Like he's he needs yeah. He yeah. needs meds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh
0: but yeah, um but yeah, uh Batman on in 4K. I can't wait to sit down and revisit it again. Uh lastly, lastly I did I did see another movie uh, this to say in the theater uh which just came out. It's Alex Garland's third directorial feature, it's called *Men*, and *Men* stars uh, Jesse Buckley and Rory Kinnear. I don't know how I feel about this movie. It's um, it's it's a it's a film that it's uh, from Alex Garland. He direct he wrote and directed uh, *Ex Machina*, which is an excellent film with Oscar Isaac, um, and um, and um, Donald Gleason, and Alicia Vikander, as well as Annihilation with Natalie Portman and Tessa Thompson, Gina Rodriguez, and um, uh, Jennifer Jason Lewis. Men is a film that. Okay, let,
3: let, let,
0: I should start from the beginning. Um, it's a film. It's a film where it stars Jesse Buckley. She plays this woman who, uh, she 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 finds her way to this country retreat somewhere in England, and she. <laughs> Uh, she's, she's, she's grieving. She's getting over the death of her, of her boyfriend who committed suicide. Um, thing is her boyfriend was kind of, was a bit, a bit abusive. So she's trying to deal with the ramifications of like his suicide. Um, and she makes her way to this country retreat. And every man that she comes across is played by Rory Kinnear. And. Every man she comes across same face, same everything, but um, they all have different personalities. And shout outs to Roy Kinnear because he he did the damn thing. Like he was great in pre- portraying his multiple roles. Like he plays like this the the groundskeeper of the estate who's kind of like kind of awkward and he kind of talks through his teeth like a like a stereotypical buzz killing tune. And uh, and he also plays like this priest um, that she that he comes that she that Jesse Buckley's character comes across. He also plays this this nude man who stalks her throughout the film um, and tries to break in. Um, what I, when watching this film, it's definitely the least accessible of Alex Garland's films. And, 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 in, and in watching this film, I'm like, hmm, I'm guessing this is how Carl Bird must feel whenever, I, whenever he gets around to watching a Victor-ass movie, because people are walking out. People are walking out of this movie I don't know if you're oh i I, I can see yeah. why I can definitely see why and I can't divulge exactly
2: why can i can I ask you this yeah do you feel the same when you finish this movie do you feel the same way that you did when you saw Mario van Peeble's acting debut?
0: Oh Jesus.
3: Oh Jesus! Oh, know. I think you know uh, do you know about I Mario Bend. He was at the debut. I'll,
0: I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I felt. Wor- I felt just as bad. Just as mortified. <laughs> just as mortified. Um. Yes. Sidebar. You know. Sidebar. Sweet. Sweetback's badass song. I need to put the microphone down for this. Oh dear. Okay. Victor rant. Uh. A s- sidebar rant. Okay. <laughs> A few weeks ago, on the podcast, when I was highlighting um, uh, films from my new pickups that I got from my from my Blu-ray collection from the Criterion collection, Mm -hmm. I picked up uh, uh, Mario Van Peebles' Essential Films, um, which which includes four of his films, one of which was uh, "Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song." "Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song" is a piece of shit. I understand (laughs) that it is a it is it has its place in American cinema as 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 a landmark. As a landmark of uh, American uh, feature film, in terms of like in, in, independent cinema, in terms of its place in black exploitation, uh, the, the whole black exploitation genre. But the film itself, I, having watched it, just 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 putting the whole film aside, just the first five God, minutes bitch. of the film. <laughs> yeah. It is. I don't understand Melvin Van Peebles. Is he a legend? Yes, but I don't understand how that man did not see any did not see the inside of a jail cell i don't understand how Melvin van Peebles could take his thirteen year old son butt ass naked and have him have him act in a scene with a grown woman who is also in the nude yep and i don't understand how he never served prison time i don't understand how Melvin van Peebles was not seen as a pariah. In 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 the in in the in, a, in the Hollywood film industry, yep. maybe it's because maybe it's because you know we live in a patriarchal society. Because it's like oh well, wow, look at this this look at this look at this young bud. Yeah, he's getting in in. Yeah yeah. Or maybe it's because oh oh they're just they're just black. They're just negroes. Whatever. Who cares? Maybe maybe it's maybe it's that kind of thinking that that allowed Melvin people to get away with what he did. But the fact is, watching Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, I see a I see a man who did not give a damn about his own son. Okay. That's child endanger. In- that's child endangerment. You don't you, you don't film your thirteen year old son in the nude. And have him, have them lay down naked in the bed with another grown woman. You just don't do that in any context. Also, the film "Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song" is puerile. It is it is juvenile. It is incomprehensible storytelling. It is badly edited. The sound mixing is is just atrocious. And yet, I do understand its place in American cinema, but. I wish I had never seen this film. I wish Criterion Collection didn't include it in Melvin Man People. I mean if you're doing a Melvin Man People set you kinda have to. But if Sweet Sweetback's Battle was not part of that Criterion box set, I would have thrown that film out. I would have thrown it in the trash where it belongs. But sad to say I, I has it has to remain there. But I'm never gonna I'm never gonna watch it again. But that's all I gotta say about it. And this so, movie was parallel.
1: It was parallel enough to catch that kind yeah. of passions, this this Cronenberg.
0: Oh, uh, oh, uh, men. Oh, men. Men is not a Cronenberg movie. Oh, I'm yeah.
1: sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I meant men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. men.
0: Yeah. Well.
1: Well, and you knew when he dismounted the microphone that you that we were in for it, right? Like you yeah, pulled out the popcorn. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you pulled out the popcorn and so yep. he dismounted that <laughs> microphone.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, well, with men it's completely different because it, it feels. It feels unfocused. I'm like I, I'm, a, I'm kind of I'm trying to understand. I, I kind of get what Alex Garland is trying to get at in terms of like exploring toxic masculinity, especially looking at the character of of Rory Kinnear or oh, his mm-hmm. multiple characters. Where you know Jesse Buckley's character, she's a she's a kind of like a survivor. She's a, a survivor dealing with grief, and like basically every man she sees, she sees like the same man, and, and, and every person, every man she encounters. Okay, I I, I kind of get that, but but the but the but the climax of the film is not only pure, unadulterated nightmare fuel, it's also gratuitous. It also, I feel, it kind of it kind of loses me on, on what it's really trying to say. Okay, like, violence begets violence. Toxic masculinity begets toxic masculinity. I get that. But it does it in a way that it's like... That it's like... It, it just feels like it's just done for, like, shock value more than making a profound point. And it's a film that... I did not know how to feel when I watched it when I when I came out I felt uncomfortable I I was good I was planning on, on on getting some lunch afterwards but I was like well I, I damn sure I'm not gonna do that Um, it's a film that I can't really recommend and it's and lastly it's a film that when 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 Carl bird says he doesn't trust me when it comes to like some of my film recommendations I I, I, I get it now <laughs> i get it now carl bird i get it now um that being said i will respect alex garland's audacity and and his and his attempts at exploring uh toxic masculinity in a profoundly fucked up way i don't know if i, I don't know if i'm gonna watch this film again um I would rather watch *Teton* or *Raw* again than, than this film. But you love those two movies, <laughs> Oh, those two films are great. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I can't say enough about them. But *Men*, *Men* takes it to *Men* takes it to like with *Teton* and *Raw*. Those films take it to like a ten. Alex Garland said, "Let's do, Let's take it. To, let's take it to twenty-three.
2: Let's take it to 23. Can I ask you? Can I ask you something too? Yeah. What were the production companies of this movie?
0: It was A24. And
2: boom goes the dynamite. Okay, here's the thing.
0: I love A24. A24 is one of my favorite uh, favorite production companies today. Their films are so interesting. Two of my favorite films, well, some of my favorite films include Ex Machina. Um, A24 did that? Yep, yeah, they did that. Moonlight, which is one of my all-time favorite films. Last, the Last Black Band in San Francisco. Awesome film. This, men, you, you know, this is this is the best way I can describe men. Men is a parody of an of a stereotypical A twenty four film, down to the ambiguous ending, down to the down to the absurd nightmare fuel shock value scenes, down to down to it some of its um, obscure choices in its storytelling. It is a it feels like a parody A twenty four film that some filmmaker decided. Hey, you know what? Hey, you know what? I don't. I, you know what? A twenty-four. I feel like they got to bug up their ass. Let me, let me, let me, sh, let me show them. Let me show them up something. If it feels like a parody of a, of a A twenty-four film by way of David Lynch, by way of Cronenberg. Now, with all that said, is it a film that I recommend? Personally, I wouldn't watch it again. But I will say, if you do see this film, shock value like Gore, uh, Angela. Yes, and then some. I I normally don't say I, I I I I don't encourage people to read spoilers, but for this film, I would say read the Wikipedia synopsis and then judge for yourself whether or not it's worth seeing. But then again, seeing reading a synopsis and watching a film are two different things. But if you do watch this film, Angela, and also for people who are who are watching and listening, don't eat anything don't eat breakfast don't eat lunch just go into it into it with an empty stomach and an open mind and afterwards schedule an schedule an appointment with with a therapist and and, and talk Man. it out cuz i don't feel I, I don't i don't i don't know how to feel right now having watched men
1: and well, y- she would also describe men as a parody but uh mm. probably not the movie necessarily she hasn't seen it yet uh <laughs> uh
0: yeah yeah so um.
1: So yeah. Uh. So that's so that's it. Men
0: by yeah, Alice. The, the sh- <laughs> I, I see what
3: you did there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but yes, Men by Alice Garland. Um. Like I said, I love his two films, uh, Annihilation and Ex Machina. This film, just just go in, just go in knowing that you might not feel. Just go in knowing that you cannot unsee what transpires in that film. You might need you might need to talk to somebody, a good friend, a therapist, maybe both. I'm not a, I'm not a religious man. You might even need to talk to a preacher. I don't know. Just, 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 just Viewer discretion is advised. Is all. I <laughs>
3: <sighs> you know,
2: it's funny how you, yeah. you're gonna be okay, man.
0: I think so. I I, th- I think so. Um, I'm not a religious man, but I think I'm gonna go pray after this.
2: Okay. I mean, I do have a. Uh... A TikTok for you it is the TikTok is yeah. how they make A twenty four films. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Make A twenty four films to a man give me a genre.
1: Okay, and another? Indie drama. All right, give me a time period. 1700s. Mm-hmm. Give me an animal we're gonna make scary. Cow. All right, what's fucked up about the farm? It's haunted by ghosts. And the ending isn't so much an ending, but a eh? Metaphor. All right, the next A24 film, the trailer's gonna make it look like a nail-biting horror film when in actuality is a slow-paced indie drama about a 1700s farmer being haunted by the ghost of his wife. The ghost tells him that if he kills all of his crops and the animals that'll bring her back. He gets down to his last animal, which is a scary, deformed cow that looks at him and he looks back and then cries directly into camera until the credits roll. The whole theater's gonna be like what the fuck just happened? Like was that the movie? The acting and the cinematography were incredible, but what was that ending a metaphor? They're gonna go home and read an article explaining that the ghost was not his wife, but a manifestation of his depression and grief, and the cow was a reflection of himself and how much he's changed. And then those people can pretend they knew that the whole time and look smart in front of their friends. <laughs> we're gonna win an Independent Spirit Award and make a somewhat decent amount of fucking money.
0: And that is how I describe men. <laughs> Minus the cows. <laughs> yeah. Accurate
3: that was, is, that, was, that, was that, that a spot on TikTok. Th- that,
0: that is accurate and I and I love a twenty four, but that is a that is an accurate that is an
1: accurate description. I, I cannot lie about that. <laughs> when was the last time you felt that way about a movie Carl? Um When
2: he had me watch see he did a Ari any Ariasta film. Okay. I've only seen two of the three. Look at him smiling with his evil-ass grin. (laughs) So you can sit through all of that. Yeah. But not Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, I think you can now. At this point, if you're a fan of A24, in the way that they describe those movies, I've seen a couple of them, mm -hmm. you can handle Cannibal Holocaust. You can do it.
0: You know what? After what I've seen in Men, you're probably right. I probably can h- watch Cannibal Holocaust.
2: You know what? I'm going to watch it
0: this weekend. No, you're not. I'm on, You know what? I'm, a, I'm on vacation this week, thankfully. I'm going to make some time to watch it. No, you. Yeah. I will. But by next week, I will review Cannibal Holocaust on this show. Why the fuck did I just say that?
2: It, it's documented? Come on.
0: All right. Mega Powers handshake.
2: Yep. Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs>
2: Mega Powers. Yeah, he did it.
0: You see he it you did
1: people. It. Next up on Saturday Night's Main Event. Oh,
0: man. <laughs> uh, Angela says Cannibal Holocaust is the worst. Vic, don't do it.
2: He, he No, I, no. I because, now, see, I you probably it. missed it. He shook on it. It's documented. You have a witness. A live
1: witness. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see the movie, but it can't be as bad as Triple X. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> With Vin Diesel? Yeah, man, that was offensive to me. (laughs) I like Triple X for its time. That motherfucker went sideways. He went up a ramp and sideways through barbed wire on a motorcycle. Like, why the fuck do you have barbed wire separated by, like, five feet intervals? That shit didn't make no... The whole point of the movie was the villain had a submarine so that it could be undetected, nobody could mess with it, you know, and then he could come up and attack a city. Right. How does Vin Diesel surf that submarine? It's a submarine, Go underwater. What is the whole point of the movie?
2: The same way that he can drive a car from one skyscraper uh, to dude, another skyscraper, uh, through another skyscraper, uh, and now they're going into space. That's a different franchise. And who's going? <laughs> and who's gonna play Vin Diesel's grandmother? Rita Moreno has announced today. Wait, what? Rita Moreno is playing Dominic Toretto's grandmother. Ma.
0: Wait, hold on, hold
2: on, hold on, wait Rita Moreno of West Side Story uh, fame Academy Award, Award winner, winner
0: Rita Moreno Yes Who was like 91, God bless her Yes Bless her
2: Yes, is playing Dom Toretto's grandmother The article is on the Codex Prime Facebook page
1: Sounds about right Where's he going? I don't Where's know, he but he, he dismounted his microphone He dismounted his microphone and He, the he closed the at door home, he dismounted his microphone, and that comment was based on the thread about Triple X. I just want, I want points for that. Oh, yeah. Oh, you'll get your points. Yeah, you get like, your points. Is he going to scream?
2: <laughs> Is he going to scream? No, he no, no scream.
1: <laughs> All right. No, it went into the pillow like Lilo. G- Go ahead.
0: I don't understand this life. <laughs> Should we talk about Moon Knight now?
2: We can. We shall. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry you had to see that. Um, he actually probably found it rather entertaining. <laughs> Whenever the mic gets dismounted, I'm I'm psyched. You're there. Yeah there. after said walk it off. Okay.
0: Alright. Center it, Victor, find your center. Okay. All
2: right. Find your chi. Yes. As Iron Fist used to say. <laughs> <laughs> get get out. No.
0: Listen, listen, on this podcast, as long as I am a co-host of this podcast, we will not acknowledge Iron Fist. But you just did. Look. He is not real to me, therefore he doesn't exist in the MCU. He uh he he disappeared across the multiverse. Who did? Exactly. Who? No, who seriously,
2: did? who did? You know, somebody had to disappear.
0: Yeah, we're not going to talk about him. Who Iron Fist? We're not, talking, we're not talking about the Kung Fu hipster. We're not talking about the uh, Taekwon gentrifier.
2: I'm about to just, ju- you know what? I'm going to do something that's just going to piss you off. What? I'm going to draw a fixture. I'm going to draw a fixture. I'm going to draw a picture no, you're not. of Iron Fist no, you're not. eating a Chick-fil-A sandwich.
1: Sir. Yep. S- sir. Yep. The only way that could be worse is if you actually use the the dude that they cast as Iron Fist.
2: I could probably it make Finn it? Finn, pro- Finn, Finn Jones. Jones. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it.
0: I mean, hey, listen, that's your time you want to waste, uh, as well as paper and ink. Um, Bam! Drawing digital, baby. Okay, that that that's your hard drive space you want to waste, but uh, but yeah, um, okay, we big big shout outs to uh. <laughs> Big shout-outs to um, some of our commenters. Uh, we got Nakoma Tala, Great Nakoma Warrior Wolf. Wusa. indeed. Uh, Thank you, ma'am. Yes. Um, oh,
2: we got to have Nakoma Tala on the show. She is awesome. Yes, indeed. New World Wrestling Extreme Women's Champion. All right. So, yes, uh, let's get into something worthwhile, uh, something that make me
0: actually uh, not rethink my life choices, like uh, the movie I saw earlier today, and the news <laughs> I, I just heard about Rita Moreno. Um Let's talk about Iron Fist. Yes, Iron Fist, which is the latest uh, Disney Plus Marvel Cinematic Universe television series. Uh, this uh, this show this show stars uh, Oscar Isaac, uh, May Kalamawe, uh, Ethan Hawke, Kareem El Hakim, F. Murray Abraham, uh, Antonia Salib, as well as the late Gaspard Ulil in, in in one of his final roles. Uh, the showrunner is Jeremy Slater. And the directors of this program are Mohamed Diab, Egyptian filmmaker, as well as the directorial uh, uh, duo of Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, who also directed a really interesting science fiction film called Synchronic with uh, Anthony Mackie. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so Moon Knight, it's a film. Moon Knight is a film. <laughs> Moon Knight, it's, it's a, it's a six-episode uh, miniseries. Uh, it stars Oscar Isaac, who plays a man named Mark Spector, who's a mercenary. Or does he play Stephen Grant, a mild-mannered um, uh, museum employee? The answer is both. For uh, Mark Spector, actually suffers from dissociative identity disorder, so he has two very distinct personalities. Um, and uh, Khonshu, this Egyptian god, uh, voiced by F. Murray Abraham, motion captured by Kareem El Hakim, is uh, is actually uh, employing. Um, It's actually utilizing uh, both Mark Spector and Slash Grant as his avatar, Moon Knight, his fist of vengeance to uh, to uh, to uh, take it to those who commit acts of wrongdoing. Um, But um, throughout but in this in this show, uh, Mark Spector Slash Stephen Grant also comes across Arthur Harrow, who's this uh, religious extremist. Who seeks to uh, usurp uh, Khonshu and unleash the powers of Ahmet, this ancient Egyptian god, and uh, to execute his own will for his own nefarious purposes? So, uh, Moon Knight—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's a sixth and final episode. Just uh, brought was broadcast two weeks ago. And so we're gonna dish. We're gonna talk about uh, all all six episodes. So we'll first get into some of our non spoiler thoughts, and then we'll get into our spoiler review uh, forthcoming, which we'll, we'll give everyone a spoiler warning as well. So uh, let's begin with our guest, yes. uh, 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 Roberto. Uh, what did you think of Moon
1: Knight? Hmm. These are non spoiler thoughts. Nice, non spoiler. One of my non spoiler thoughts was uh, the very first thing that you said about it, and. Uh, it was almost as if you you had made a mistake and you said uh, you called it a movie. You referred to it as a movie uh, before clarifying that it was a a series. Uh, And I kind of wish that they flip-flopped Moon Knight with The Eternals because The Eternals was uh, a long movie that really should have been fleshed out a lot further, I thought, in a series like Moon Knight was. While Moon Knight felt to me like it could have been a really cool uh what was the Matt Damon movies that he had where he was a spy oh um lost his memory oh the born identity born identity yeah it's this kind of seems like a you know uh, like a like a konshu identity kind of crisis happening and it could have been a film a really good tom cruise esque film i know i said really good and tom cruise in the same sentence and i apologize for that he has uh,
2: some good ones yeah, yeah yeah
1: i'm not mad at tom cruise i'm not mad at tom Cruise. I, i'm not mad at tom cruise uh, I mean, if you're the cast who got fired, like the whole cast who got fired. Anyway, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, man, I feel like uh, I feel like this could have been a really exciting movie um, and it could have been neatly tied up in two and a half hours. I feel like it could have been. That's that's roughly the size of, you know, five episodes or so. And this was one additional. Um, so so there's that. I will say uh, that I thought it was an and. and you know apologies in advance i know we're comic book nerds i know we love this material i'm a marvel guy myself for the shows which and and all of the mcu which has have been fantastic um for those for the high level for that upper echelon i thought this was mid i don't think this was mid compared to the world but for that upper echelon of mcu credibility i think this was mid um i would have it after wandavision um i thought wandavision was brilliant uh the way they laid that out i would have it after loki and uh i have there was some very i know the world isn't happy with how uh falcon and winter soldier turned out uh but that series which could have been better i mean that series i was emotionally tied to and i I actually cried at moments when we first you know when we first met the truth um so i thought the series uh i thought the series was kind of in the middle range of the marvel shows I, i would actually say what if for me was preferable too um That being said, uh, it didn't do anything wrong. It didn't do anything offensive. I thought it was pretty good. But I thought the best thing about it was the cast. I thought this thing was cast. I I think Oscar Isaac uh, really nailed it. I wish they explored the duality of the personalities even more. I know they explored it. I know it was a main theme. But it still felt a little superficial when it comes to um, mental health. right? Uh, And I, I wish they'd gone down that path a little bit more. Uh, and uh, the, the may who played uh Layla uh Layla Yeah. Layla yep. uh, May who played Layla Emerson grad uh, and I I was familiar with her work from Rami. Uh, she was excellent um as as the love interest so I thought the cast was really really great uh, and I thought the rest was fun uh but kind of okie doki for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I know I, I know I'm against the grain on this I see Carl giving me the side eye I liked it a lot. <laughs> But uh, but there's a lot that I like a little bit more.
3: Okay, all
1: right. interesting. Carl, what did you
2: I think? I thought the show was fun. It was a bit confusing at first mm-hmm. because I wasn't expecting. Well, because you know I was thinking, all right? Let's get an origin story, then you know the conflict and the resolution. You know, I kind it kind of was just it felt a little all over the place for me at first. But then maybe you know. As the show progressed, I'm like, okay, here's where this is at. This is where this is at. Okay. This is where they're at in the MCU, which one thing that did stood out, I know one of your complaints is like, you know, MCU, everything's big tied together, but that's just the Marvel universe. The Marvel universe is literally probably like the longest story ever written. Mm-hmm. Everything, you know, it's all, it's always been one story, one huge story. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was, you know, still trying to figure out like which, you know, where, you know, where its place was, um, and then there's some wild co- there's one thing now I will mention in the in when I when the easter eggs get section gets up mm-hmm. gets here but um overall, I felt that it was fun. It was very like an eye opening experience especially to um you know for somebody who's an advocate of mental who you know deals with mental health and who was an advocate for it as well um I like how they explored that, especially with episode five. We'll get into that later mm-hmm. um. But yeah, I would have probably say like overall fun. It took a while to get there. It took a little bit to get there, but overall
3: fun. Okay,
0: cool, cool. Yeah, um, uh, Moon Knight was uh, for me was uh, was was a quite a surprise. I actually thought it was a it was a very good show. I, I thought I, to me it's like my thinking thinking more on it. I, it's it's my second favorite show. Wandavision is still my favorite. Uh, but Moon Knight is pretty close. Um, there are two strengths of Moon Knight that really elevated above above a uh, typical MCU fare. One is Oscar Isaac's performance, oh which I mean, I mean Oscar Isaac is already a, a great actor, and he always makes great choices. Um, and this one, like his performance as Mark Spector slash Stephen Grant, um, he goes above and beyond what's typically required of it of an MCU performance. And I know that kind of sounds backhanded, but when you watch an MCU uh, film or show, like you know you're expecting like good performances, good, good convincing performances, but you know you're not expecting like an actor showcase. Whereas Moon Knight also functions as both, both like a, a an MCU show, a, an exciting show, but also showing like Oscar Isaac's range as an actor, like like him especially in, in episode five where he interacts, where both personalities interact, mm-hmm. uh, Grant and Spectre. I thought it was excellently done. Um, so so he definitely uh, rises above and beyond what you typically find at an MCU property. Also, the, I think the biggest, sh- the, the well, the, sec- the second biggest strength of, of Moon Knight is how separate it feels and how it is right. from the larger MCU. Like this one, you can come in, completely cold, like without having watched any of the previous uh, MCU shows or films, like you can start, this could be your starting point and I like, and it's so refreshing how Moon Knight just is so confident in doing its own thing, establishing its own character, having the confidence to establish this own character in its own universe without saying, "Okay, you should care about this character because it's tied into the large MCU." And look at look at how Moon Knight is interacting with all these heroes that you've seen. It doesn't do that. It actually says, "No, you're gonna you're gonna spend time with these with this character and these." And, and and this part in this part of the world and we're not going to connect it to a larger multiverse we're not going to connect it to like a larger story thread with like doctor strange or like you know like uh, or like tom holland or some other character it's coming it's just that <laughs> so that so i thought that was like the biggest uh strength that really put it put it uh put it uh um past the finish line for me um um i i do understand some i do understand some of the criticisms that some people will say that some that you might have for Burrow we'll, i'm a, we'll I'm we'll a fan into that. just
3: yeah for the record i'm a fan oh. oh yeah
0: and um and i i will i will say like i i thought i thought the the show's um exploration of how of how um you know hurt people hurt people being its main theme how how that's a, how how it conveyed its theme where you have both mark Spector, Stephen grant and arthur harrow is both victims of abuse and they and they handle it very differently where arthur harrow for example like he's a religious zealot where where in the, the very first shot of the of the show of the show, you see him inserting glass into his shoes, and he's like this cult leader, uh, because you know. And only difference is like because it's shaped by his experience being Moon Knight, being conscious avatar. Now he's dispensing justice like you know, um, at like a precog. Like he's like judging people like on what they might do, you know, as opposed to like judging people after the fact. So I thought that, I thought that him like sort of like acting like being like a confident leader, even though he's just a victim of exploitation, just like grant is um, i thought that was a pretty cool uh parallel um uh, and, uh, and also too i really did like the the music choices uh in in the show especially at the end credits like i've never heard arab trap music but like the like uh, like yeah. the end of episode three like the episode three end credits like i have the full song on my youtube mix like that's it goes hard like that it slaps, mix is like, <laughs> it slaps. as a as, as young folk say it slaps like there's some great uh, musical choices here. Um, I really like the direction by um, by uh, Mohamed Diab and uh, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. Um, I, I, re- I also liked Mohamed Diab's choices um, that he got to insert in the film, like placing it in Egypt and incorporating as much of it as possible. Casting uh, May Kalama Kalama way Kalama- 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 in, in as Layla, um, even though in the character I believe in the comics is originally a, a white woman. Um, th- there are there are so many th- there are there are several things that kind of bring it bring Moon Mune- Knight. Uh, above what you typically expect from an MCU um, MCU show, and I think that uh, it's de- it's definitely a show that for me is like my second favorite next to WandaVision. So, yeah, we'll we'll definitely get into the spoilers on, on what we what we dug most of all. But yeah, Moon Knight is definitely one I can easily recommend. And and, and for mind you, like I came in with like mid level expectations. I'm like I don't know about this like this obscure character, but Oscar Isaac maybe he'll elevate it, and I'm like, oh wow,
2: okay you know it. yeah cause it, it, it shocked me because it always shocks me every time we come see a movie that we're about to view i'm like he's gonna hate it he's gonna hate it and then he likes it i'm like really <laughs> yeah, i was just a
0: surprise too
2: and and i,
0: I liked it more than dr strange in the multiverse of madness i did i did
1: i mean okay yeah. <laughs> I, I like i think about it right there's yeah. they, but there are some parallels right like some of the mm-hmm. things that you talked about that were great uh like the music choices uh that's where dr strange really worked for me right like the mm-hmm. dr strange uh the the score and the score actually coming into play and being part of scenes yeah uh was very very cool to me so dr strange definitely deserves some criticisms but there was a lot that it did right too and i feel the same way about moon knight and one of those things is um we we're here a lot a lot of us are here for the action right and when we're looking at a superhero show we're here for the action and they did a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a cheat where uh and and they imply action so many times during the moon night series and we as a stupid ass audience actually forgets sometimes we actually forget because some shit's about to go down and then all of a sudden, you know, Steven's waking up like, oh, geez, what happened? You know, with his with his accent and shit. And you look around and he kicked everybody's ass and you don't even see a minute of it. You just know that it happened. It happened in our brains and they did not shoot that action scene. <laughs> we got cheated out of some of those damn action scenes. And some of them seemed dope.
3: Yeah. Uh,
0: well, I, I, def- I definitely could see see how you, how you feel that way. But I thought that that was uh, a positive a strength that works in the show's favor. I think it so felt too. Refreshing. I
1: thought I th- both yeah. ways. Both yeah. ways. I got cheated out a little bit, but it was also cutesy sometimes too. Yeah.
2: yeah. And it made sense. Mm-hmm. Like it perfectly made sense, especially, you know, with the whole DID, you know, his, uh, um, DID, where it's yeah. like, yo, know, he doesn't know, like we haven't been introduced to Mark Spector yet. We're still on Stephen Grant. And then next thing you know, he does a, <laughs> And everybody's gone. Hmm. Everybody's like knocked out. He's like, Yo, what the hell is going on? Like, what what just happened? So, it kind of, like, it takes you on that journey, too. Yeah. Whereas, like, you think, like, yo, did we miss it? Like, did we just see a fight scene or not?
1: Yeah, you kind of experience his blackout. Exactly. I, I value that. I do I do value that. That came at the expense of, you know, just like in Doctor Strange, right? In Doctor Strange... Uh, Wanda got to kick some people's ass. Uh, that came at the expense of some exposition around some really cool characters right. that we're only seeing for the first time who are just turned into spaghetti a moment later.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: And, and on that note, uh, we'll get into the spoilers as well. So we'll dive uh, deeper into this discussion. So for those who haven't seen this show for some reason, um, you've been warned spoilers all over the shop in five,
1: four, three, Two, Darth Maul shows One. up. Darth Maul shows up, <laughs> slices somebody in half. I'm not going to say who. <laughs> but he did.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they had a weird dance number at the end. That was... I know, that was just...
1: Like- it's yeah. Bollywood.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's in Egypt, I was like, oh, okay, this is weird. Okay, go go ahead, Marvel.
2: <laughs> just do
0: it. <laughs> yeah.
2: I can do this all day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh yeah, um but yeah, spoilers all over the shop Uh Moon Knight. Um let's talk about ooh, so where should we start? Where should we start? We can start we can start anywhere like first uh, um, episode, damn. Asylum.
2: I uh, should go with the first episode because I think like I have like many different easter eggs from
0: Okay. So yeah, uh the first episode, uh which is titled The Goldfish Problem, um directed by Muhammad Diab. Um, we begin with Stephen Grant. He wakes up in his apartment, and weirdly enough, he changed his ankle to a post, so he falls face first when he when he's, when he's getting out of bed. And I think hmm, that's weird. And then uh, we find, um, you know, we, we find him. You know, he's he's a mild mannered museum employee. He works at the gift shop, but he has a passion for ancient Egyptian history. Mm-hmm. Uh, he at some point, weirdly enough, he does run into uh, Arthur Harrow, who's looking for a scarab a scar which will lead him to I believe the tomb of Ammit
2: was it? Yeah. Yes. And um I do want to say I have here uh Max Bemis's uh crazy runs in the family. Now, and this is actually one of the easter eggs. Hold on, let me get let me turn the page. Yeah. Um so the Arthur Harrow character actually first appeared in Moon Knight number 2, but the character although the character although Was a geneticist who studied like the lengths of which humans um experience, and deal with pain, you know, and eventually creating soldiers of his soldiers who just can't feel pain, but the show just used his name. The Arthur Harrow that we that we got in the uh, comics is actually in the not not the comics in the show was actually a version of the villain in Crazy Runs in the Family whose name is Amit, and. It was pretty It was pretty accurate. Ran a cult, uh, worshipped the sun god, um, and it kind of looks similar to uh, Ethan Hawke's character. So yeah, I definitely urge you to pick that up. But yeah, I just wanted to make that. I just wanted to point that out too, since we're mentioning Arthur Harrow. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's one Easter egg checked off. All right. Go ahead.
3: Yeah.
0: And uh, what did you think of the that episode, especially like the the first reveal? of Moon Knight in, uh, at the end of the first episode where he's getting chased by the jackal in the museum? I
2: I was ready for it it builds built the suspense mm-hmm. of it so I'm like alright you know when is this happening? okay we're still gonna get a story you know an origin story alright you know then the jackal comes up alright something's gonna happen something's gonna happen and then the next thing you know yeah. and then boom he's kicking ass I'm like Okay, we got it. Like, it was just a build-up. It was a build-up to it, and then we end up getting a the payoff. Then it shuts off and, like, fuck, I need to wait till next week.
0: Mm. Yeah, the bait-and-switch. Bait
2: Thank you. That's what it, It like, I think it served, it served its purpose that way. All
0: right. Yeah. Any thoughts, Roberto, about the...
1: Uh, that reveal was exciting. Uh, the costume looked very cool. It looked yeah, it very cool on screen. Uh, And to your point, when you talk about how this was disassociated, and I I love that word as we're using it with Moon Knight, but as as we talk about how this was disassociated with the larger MCU, Mm -hmm. um, we can now scale down the fights that seem less threatening to an Iron Man or to somebody else, or even to a low-level character, because we know their friend is a is a sorcerer and is just going to come through and save the day. Yeah. Uh, this character didn't have that. This world didn't paint any of those pictures. He had to get himself out of that jam, mm-hmm. and he had to do so by being this badass MCU version of Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mean to draw the parallel because in other ways it doesn't make sense. I want to touch on one more thing, and I probably will a little bit more later. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about how the characters were different from the comic books slightly. Uh, moon knight's character uh he had ultimately and we'll probably talk about this a little bit more i'll yield to you he had ultimately three uh identities right. in, in addition to moon knight yes
3: yeah.
1: uh and each of those was also very different from how they were portrayed in the comic books but somewhat close Yes, yeah. right somewhat close they stuck to the names they did a lot of it right but also some of them they took just detours and this mcu proving once again this is not 616, as said in uh, Doctor Strange, right? Because mm-hmm. if this is 616, then what we're watching on screen is slightly different. Hmm. Well, nerd, mean, was that the it's... nerd in me? I'm sorry. No, I get me. it.
2: There's always, always got to be some type of. Always, there's have to be always some type of change because yeah. they do everything comic not, book accurate. It's not a criticism.
1: I, yeah. No, some of these things are better. For example, one of you mentioned uh, that Layla is not white. Right. Uh, and, and that's really important for this character. That's a really big deal for this character. Right. And uh, I'll probably talk a little bit more about the Moon Knight comic books in a few minutes. But uh, but Bendis, who wrote one of my favorite, favorite runs on Moon Knight, uh, brought a lot of that to Moon Knight and brought a lot of that to the MCU in general.
3: Mm. Okay. Yeah.
1: Speaking of uh,
0: Bendis, I think uh, also Warren Ellis, he also wrote, uh, uh, had a run with Moon Knight. Yeah. Which I heard was pretty popular as well. I think it came out like twenty fourteen or something. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out. Okay. But yeah, like but yeah, I, I I did I did like the reveal as well. Um also uh with um also with the using the use of like mirrors and reflective surfaces, um kind of like as a like a nice way of like him interacting with his with the two personalities interacting with each other. I thought that was a nice touch. Um even even down to the look of the, the the distinct looks of Moon Knight and the, the, depending on his personality, where with Mark Specter, you get the classic Moon Knight. I like, I like the fact that his costume is like e- e- Egyptian inspired with the mummy mummies, yes. So it's like doesn't have like that, that typical like MCU armor, that vague armor leather type look that you see like in many of the costumes or has, colors or or colors even. It's just like just straight up off white. Um, Mr. Knight, Mr. Knight is probably like my favorite look of the character because I mean, you got to respect Mr. Knight's drip. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you just gotta
2: um, Side note Yeah Who's better dressed Dr. Strange ca- Casual Dr. Strange Or Mr. Knight
1: With the cape in the, in the, with the Not with the cape, cape. Remember
2: in the beginning When he showed, when he showed up at the wedding I, Or when he showed
1: up At Tony Stark's funeral I have to at, say At the wedding He had the cape as a pocket square His cape oh, yeah. was the pocket square Yeah I still gotta go with Mr. Knight I yeah. oh. I mean, Dr.
2: Strange, he's one of the best dressed events. Like, I was I was watching like Endgame, and then I was looking at the funeral. I'm like, I'm looking at everybody's suits. I'm like, you know what?
1: Dr. Strange came with it. For sure, for sure. But but that white suit is fly as fuck. It, it is, is. That's getting into the Jay-Z party, right? That's getting into the mm. Jay-Z and Beyonce party. You're going to be yeah. out there with that white suit. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: And that, make, that makes me wonder what... What Jake Lockley's Moon Knight variation looks like, we
1: haven't seen that yet. More on more on that. More more on, yeah, more more on more on that. Uh, you you said the title of this episode was what? The goldfish problem. Now that in itself, that title. Uh, are you are you coming back to that, or sh- or is that something that we should talk about now? Oh, we can talk we about can it. it now, yeah. So the goldfish problem. There was an actual. That's not just a metaphor. There was actually a goldfish problem, right? Uh, and by the end of the series. Uh, He had two goldfish living in harmony in his tank without the consistent deaths Mm -hmm. that they were facing, which I think was a metaphor, which was obviously a metaphor for the duality and coming together and him being able to piece himself together. I thought that was kind of a really beautiful uh, wrap up. It goes full circle because you opened up this podcast. Your opening line is the goldfish problem, and -hmm. it comes all the way back to a solution for that goldfish problem. I I thought that was very sweet. Yeah, well said, indeed. And uh, also,
0: too, we 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 go to our sec the second episode, "Summon the Suit," the title of that, which is directed by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. Um, let me see. So, so in this episode, uh, Stephen Grant, like he's seen on the security cameras. Um but apparently the footage doesn't doesn't pick up the jackal chasing him. So it's just so it just looks like that he's just going nuts for no reason. And so he gets he's fired as a result. They just give him a pamphlet for like a uh mental health facility and send him on his way. Um yeah, way to support mental health folks. Uh so so but he finds us he finds a, a store a key card uh, to a storage locker and that's where he finally gets like a, a full his first real conversation with his uh Real personality, Mark Spector, who is a mercenary, and uh, he's—he's—and it kind of—it kind of reminds me of that scene from *The Born Identity*, where where Matt Damon's character finds that duffel bag full of like passports with like aliases, a bunch of money, a gun, and he's like, "What, what is this? What are you in? What what are you getting
2: me into?" Bing Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this one I actually found pretty interesting. It's the so the question is. Yeah. Did Mark Spector get snapped away? Hmm. The answer is no. Okay. Because the you know, when Steven's looking at storage locker 43, he finds a passport that was issued in December of 2018. Hmm. The snap happened earlier that year. And okay. also, right. so it shows that he's been active. Hmm. Okay,
0: that's that's a that's a good that's a good pickup.
2: Also, if you look on that same passport, Mark Spector shares the same birthday with, I, with Oscar Isaac. Oh, there you go. Nice, <laughs> nice touch. March ninth. Yeah. Oh,
0: nice touch. Pisces babies. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, also, Afton says that uh, there's a QR code on the storage. You
2: channel. found QR codes in every. Episode. What do they lead to? They lead, If you actually pause it, scan it, you it takes you to marvel.com and it will take you to the comic that each um, each uh, episode is based on.
1: Afton out here teaching me shit, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. yeah, so
2: the first one, I know the first episode was when they're in the museum and you have to like really look. When he first walks into the museum, you have to really look and then just pause it, and then try to scan it the best way you can. And then the second one is the QR code is the uh, QR code that's outside of the uh, storage locker.
0: Yeah. Oh, nice. And and also too, we do see the uh, the appearance of Layla, who's Mark Spector's wife, yeah. who's currently, who's at the time still unaware of his other personality, uh, Stephen Grant. Um, she's also, she's arrested by police officers who are working with Arthur Harrow. And Harrow, and, this, and I'm just reading this from uh, Wikipedia uh, episode synopses, uh, Harrow, Harrow reveals that he was Ka- he was Khonshu's previous avatar uh, until he chose instead to follow Amit. He explains that he wants to use the Scarab to find Amit's tomb and resurrect her so she can purge humanity of evil, wiping out everyone who has or will commit evil deeds. So... Essentially, Arthur Harrow wants to continue his mission being like uh being like the right hand of of justice, but only instead underneath another god uh and and, and following their whims as opposed to just being Kanshu's uh puppet um but again that kind of that kind of uh, falls into like the whole you know hurt people hurt people uh, theme where Arthur Harrow believes himself to be a leader, but no he's just he's just lashing out and he's just finding he's just finding another another uh specter to kind of like supervise to kind of substitute one for another to execute his plans um this this is the episode where we do see uh the debut of mr knight uh underneath uh, mark specter and you kind of see him kind of like stumble and bumble his way uh uh uh, throughout but but he does he does uh kill he finally kills the jackal but he loses that scarab to harrow who uses it to 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 find Ahmed's tomb um also, Konshu threatens to claim Layla as his next avatar if Spectre fails to stop Harrow.
2: And being another Easter egg. I feel like we're gonna go through all these. Yeah. So what's funny too in uh, episode two when Mr. Knight gets hit by the car, on top of the bus on top of the bus, you actually re- you actually see the letters. It's upside down. WBN0032. And when that is actually in reference to Werewolf by Night. Number thirty-two, the first appearance of Moon Knight, and also on that same bus, the had it had an ad that um it had a it had an ad in reference to the uh, GRC, the global the global rep-
0: repatriation.
2: Thank you, repatriation uh, council. I was having trouble with that. Thank you, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the organization that helped victims of the snap uh, get you know resituated on with you know in their, on Earth. So nice. yeah. Those are, you got two of them in one shot. Go ahead. Hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I thought th- I thought this was a, a pretty cool pretty cool reveal. Um, looking at looking at Ethan Hawke's uh, character, um, I didn't. I I was I was interested like in I was interested in seeing his portrayal of Arthur Harrow because like he's not like your typical MCU villain where he's just like you know all monologues and just like snarling and like oh, I want to destroy the world. I liked how quiet and methodical he was. And just like he just had like this air of like just like unsettling menace, like he's a type who who commands so much authority that he doesn't have to shout. Like just him speaking to you is enough to to get the message across. Like Jake so, Roberts
2: said, like Jake Roberts said, if a man has enough power, he can speak quietly and everyone will listen.
0: Yeah, and it kind of it, it kind of reminded me like he like a, like a quieter version of Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin or yeah. Wilson Fisk. Yeah, yeah. So. So I, I thought I thought that was a pretty pretty interesting um, interesting take on
1: that character. Um, uh, any, any thoughts, Roberto? I I feel like I'm saving mine. I feel like a lot of it uh, are going to come in a future episode, and some of the stuff that we talk about with uh, Layla yeah. and uh, some of the characters that he's portraying. But all of these things are building up in the meantime. Mm-hmm. The one the one thing that was occurring to me at this point in time in the series. Uh, is the bane of mine and my son's existence because he and I are both suffering to the beauty of Oscar Isaac because my son's girlfriend is obsessed and, the, and when we got together, uh, Angela and my son's girlfriend uh, in, in the hallway of Cheesecake Factory bonded over uh, Oscar Isaac. Am I right? Oh my God, yes. And they both did the whole like the, you know, the he thing. Uh, me and my son are like, oh my God, yeah, I, I'd like, uh with Oscar Isaac. Uh yeah, so um yeah, fuck Oscar Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean Oscar Isaac he's a handsome dude. I mean you you gotta he's give the a, He's a handsome he's a handsome dude. He's a handsome dude. Uh <laughs> here here here's where in episode two and and, and I probably I, and I feel like I wanna uh get into this a little bit more, but yeah. what I'm thinking about and and it's not fair to the show or the series, right? It's not fair to the series. Yeah. But what I'm thinking about is some of the source material that I read that I kind of wished they they did a little bit more, and I, I guess cats out of like I I ought to just go for it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Brian Michael Bendis, who uh, is a god to me because he gave me uh, he gave me Miles Morales, right? Like I'm Puerto Rican mm-hmm. and a big Spider-Man fan. Now I got a Puerto Rican Spider-Man. Thank yeah. you, Miles Morales. He also gave us Naomi. So if we want to put this in context of how good this show is. I'm making slight complaints about a show called Moon Knight when CW ran this Naomi show for, for uh, DC Comics, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's based on equally great source material, and that show was trash. And So just to put things into perspective, this show is amazing. It's an amazing show. Yeah. I'm just listing it behind WandaVision, What If, and a couple of other things. Mm. So Brian Michael Bendis, uh, at this point in his run, we've got the duality. Except in ways that we, as a viewer, as a reader, did not expect. And I don't, I don't, Carl. I don't know if you read this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm reading Moon Knight, who is a fixed Marvel character, hangs out with the Avengers, all that stuff. Uh, and him and Wolverine and Spider Man, and they're all hanging out and catching bad guys and doing their thing. And he keeps talking to them, and they keep talking back. And then at one point, it's like, hold up, these—they're not even there. They're not even—they're just characters in his head. And that blew my mind. I did not know. I was stupid enough, almost like when Marvel ran uh, their Thunderbolts comic book, I was stupid enough where I didn't even realize for a moment that these characters didn't even exist. Spider-Man is not there. He thinks he's an Avenger. He hmm. thinks that he's self-important and this huge Marvel character, Moon Knight, he thinks he's an Avenger. He's not even an Avenger. So in the same way that he's talking to uh, Mark, in the same way that Steven's talking to Mark, yeah. Steven was talking to Captain America, except they were there by his side and the reader thinks that they're there. So they roped us in and I, I thought maybe this show might do something fun like that. This show took it in a different direction, in a more practical direction, in a way that makes a lot of sense. But as a reader of that series, by the very by the unbelievably great Brian Michael Bendis, uh, I you know, I was looking forward to a little bit of that.
0: Hmm. Indeed.
1: So I'm just telling you what they didn't give us instead of what they did.
0: Okay. And and who and who knows? Maybe maybe if they do make another uh, s- season of the show,
1: he hasn't even played with the characters, right? It will yeah. make a lot more sense yeah. if he's established with some of the other characters.
3: Hmm. Indeed.
0: Yeah. And then we move on to our the third episode of a okay. series, uh The Friendly Type. Um see so Harrow and his followers, they discover the location of Ahmet's tomb. Um let's see and uh Conchu actually calls a council between the rest of the Egyptian gods right. and their avatars um, to warn them of Harrow's plans, um, his plans to summon Ahmet. Um, uh, both Harrow and uh, and and Grant make their way to uh, to the pyramid where they meet the gods. But Harrow successfully convinces them that, oh, well, you know, what you have to understand is that you know, S- Spectre here is a damaged man. I mean, he doesn't know himself, so I don't know what he's talking about. I'm not up to anything nefarious. And the gods <laughs> are like, yep, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, yep. <laughs> you're free to go. So so instead of stopping him right there, well, they didn't have enough evidence to, to really prove anything one way or the other. Um but interestingly, this is also an episode where they, where Layla and Spectre, they do meet another character who's from the comics, Anton Mogart, played by the late actor Gaspard O'Leal, who tragically passed away earlier this year. Um, he owns a sarcophagus, which has this moon, which has this map, this lunar map, uh, which will lead them to uh, Ahmet's tomb. But the problem is that map is two thousand thousands of 2,000 years old. So... You know, by today's astrological standards, it's kind of out of date. Astronomical standards are out, it's out of date. So, in a cool sequence, both Mister Knight and Khonshu, um, they both uh, they actually they literally just like swipe at the sky in like a really cool effect where that just, was like,
2: that was very like that was visually striking. I mean, I know oh, yeah. you're about to get into oh god the way it looked yeah. on oh, my sweet four K <laughs> OLED TV. <laughs> yeah.
0: It looks great, yeah.
2: I'm, I'm sure it did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It it, lo- it looked it great in four K seeing like the stars streak streak by. It's
2: new so he's still in the
0: honeymoon face. <laughs> you know. Um and then, then then they then they uh then they pinpoint the location of Ahmed's tomb. Um let's see, uh however however um they they run into a problem where uh, because Kanshu, because Kanshu helped help Mister Knight use his powers to find the location through the, the night sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the, uh, the rest of the gods punish Kanshu by imprisoning him in an, in an ushpati, uh, which leaves Grant and Spectre without Kanshu's powers. So they've locked away Kanshu, and now it's just uh, Spectre, Grant and Layla uh, trying to pick up the pieces to right. like, figure out where the tomb is. Um, so there's uh, so there's that, and that leads us to the fourth episode, the tomb um where it kind of gets into like kind of gets a, a slightly bit of like a horror element here here and there which i thought was cool the undead priests in the in the tombs there ahmet actually actually makes an appearance and ahmet he's a type of he's a type of person who's who relishes in being an instigator because when he comes across layla um he, he drops a truth bomb on her about, about about her father yeah yeah about about his father saying that hey um he said that well, and he's like, "Hey, um, I don't know if I don't know if you know about Mark Spector and his background." And then, he, and she's like, "Oh, what are you gonna t- are you gonna tell me that that he was involved in killing my father?" And then he, all he says is, "You said it." <laughs> I'm like, "You evil asshole." <laughs> he's just playing it so well. But you loved it. <laughs> oh yeah,
3: yeah.
0: It was like, and, and and also I think um there was a. I know there's like a, a key character that's referenced in the sh- in the show and in ref- reference to his backstory, Moon Knight's backstory. There's a guy named Bushmaster, or
1: Bushmaster. We saw in Luke the
0: Luke Cage. Cage. Luke Cage was Bushmaster. Uh, Midnight Man. Bush- Bushman. Yeah, I think it was Bushman or something like that. I, I know it has his name has Bush in the title somewhere, but he was like he's like a key uh, Moon Knight villain in the comics, and he was the one who actually assassinated um, Layla's father and left Mark for dead. And then Mark, uh, when he was dying, when he was about to off himself, Conchu came by and said, "Hey, instead of offing yourself, why don't you be in my right hand of vengeance?" He's like, "All right, bet, fine, it's better <laughs> than dying." And that's how he became Moon Knight.
2: Yeah, um, Gaspard, how do you say that? Oh, Ulio. Ulio. Yeah, he was actually his character was actually Anton Morgar, which is also a uh, Midnight Man. Oh, Midnight
0: Man. Yeah. okay. Yeah, he was like a he's like an antiques dealer. Yeah. Yeah, and his his fate was left ambiguous in the show. But um, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I, but yeah, the tomb
2: kind of I I I
0: did, I, did, I dug that episode, like especially like the how it built tension throughout, um, throughout all the characters
2: in a in a sense.
0: Oh yeah, um, let's see because you end up
2: seeing conflict between you end up seeing some conflict in between uh, Stephen Grant and Mark Spector, and then also like where Layla was actually fall, falling for Stephen Grant.
0: Yeah. And and this is yeah, and this was the episode too where Steven was starting to build some of his confidence. He was starting right. to find uh find himself. He's actually
1: putting his, uh, his his ancient Egyptian expertise to use. So I thought that was Bro, cool. Uh and and to your audience at home, is that cheating?
2: I was just getting ready to I was <laughs> I'm wondering
0: that is you
1: that? know
2: what
0: Is it? I mean I would say no, but but um Hmm. like on the, on the one hand it could be emotional cheating perhaps but but then again to be fair it's, it's the same person just two people in the same in the same vessel so so yeah it's, it's that gray area where it's like you know what it's, it's it's not cheating angela says oh my god it's not cheating i agree with angela it's not cheating that's it's because she
1: wants to make out with Oscar Isaac. <laughs> well, that's not fair.
0: Well, well, a- a- well. A- Angela's googly eyes for for Mr. Isaac, notwithstanding, um, she does have a point. That it's 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 one person with 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 two personalities. You know, you pick which one works for you. All right. <laughs> you know, if it, if now if it's two, different, I'm gonna ask oh, around that No a... Well. Now, if there were tw- if there were twin brothers, then yeah, it's definitely cheating. Don't do that. But yeah, one yeah, person don't do fine. that.
3: Yeah. yeah,
1: one person is fine. Carl, so uh, so so Carl has a girl. Her name is uh, her name is Danielle, and uh, and Carl uh, ha- has a blackout thing. Uh, and the next day, he wakes up, and Danielle's still there. And Danielle is talking about how romantic he was the night before, and how he treated her better than ever, and the lovemaking was at its peak. It was peak fucking Carl, the night before. How do you feel about this? Do you feel betrayed? I don't know.
2: Damn. Like, it's like you want to say you want to say it wasn't me. <laughs> Somebody said three way. <laughs> I mean, a- technically, after 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 says that
0: it would technically be a three way because with the two personalities, uh Angela says every dude has at least two sides to them. It's fine.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um all right. Sorry. Sorry for the detour. <laughs> no, but know. that this that's is, a good one. No, this is That's welcome. a good one. I we, think I'm going to <laughs> I think I'm going to ask out early.
2: I think I'm asked I'm going to ask that at work tomorrow. I mean, it's it's it's
0: it's not cheating, but it does put you in in an awkward position because Obviously, if there's two, two separate personalities, you're not going to remember what you did. Right. So if you're going to sit there thinking, you, 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 yeah, you're going to have to do your you best to play a, along.
2: you just got to take a compliment. Like I have to say, just take a compliment.
0: <laughs> take a compliment. And then when, when, when Danielle is away, go to your mirror and have a conversation with yourself. All right. And then, and then try to come up with a game plan. Figure out, get the play by play. So to figure out, okay, connect the dots. So that way you can be prepared for the next, you know, encounter. That's what that's that's that's, that's what I right. that would do. Yeah. Um. Afton says depends on how good the sex
2: was. Okay, let's get back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually gonna ask my therapist. <laughs> so,
1: um. Let's see. I'm gonna make up a whole new personality. Um. Afton <laughs> well, says
2: so now you put the play plan out there so she knows you're plotting. Uh, it's gonna be fun times.
1: <laughs> uh. Afton
0: says I need consistency. Angela says this is a great icebreaker for a meeting.
2: What
1: meeting is that? <laughs> what kind of um.
0: Hey, this, hey the, the, the commenters are running wild with some unique uh, perspectives.
3: Um,
0: let's see. Yes, Spawn was cool. Oh,
3: yeah.
0: Let's see. So in the tomb, um, interestingly, uh, a Spectre, uh, Spectre, Grant, and um, Layla, they come across the tomb of the sarcophagus, rather, of Alexander the Great. and they, And Spectre reaches down the gullet. Of uh, of Mister Great, and uh, he pulls out another ushpati of Kanshu, which will allow him to resummon summon Kanshu and uh, regain his Moon Knight powers. Harrow does make an appearance. Uh, unfortunately, he plugs two plugs two directly in uh, uh, Spectre Grant's chest. He falls into the water. He's he's basically dead. Point blank range, and then the episode end gives us a most interesting ending where where Specter wakes up. He realizes that he's in an, he's in some some sort of mental health facility, an asylum. He's in a wheelchair. All the people that he's encountered, they're all playing either patients or orderlies. Um, Layla plays like this this kooky orderly who who kind of bumps into him. Uh, Spectre realizes he sees like a Moon Knight action figure on the ground, and then all of a sudden he sees uh, Arthur Harrow as I guess Doctor Harrow, as Doctor Ned Flanders Harrow, perhaps. Um, <laughs> Which, uh, High five!
2: Yeah, he did look like Ned Flanders. Yeah,
0: he did. And next thing you know, you're like, "Wait a minute!" So, so the show, this, so the tomb throws us a curveball, where it's like, "Wait a minute! Is everything that we're seeing is it, is it all in his head? Is yeah. this like a huge trip? Is this like?" The theories were running wild. So, yeah. like, so when I watched, so when I watched this episode, and I'd like to get both of your thoughts on this, I was thinking, "Hmm, maybe." Maybe the disassociative identity disorder. Maybe that's not it. Maybe what we're seeing is like the multiverse converging into one body, like different versions of, oh, of his personality baby. converging in one body, and somehow this 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 uh, this insane, insane asylum is just basically where the real story is taking is taking place. But we don't know which part of the multiverse, and you know, this is crazy. Like maybe maybe the, maybe maybe his whole issue is that they're trying to figure out okay. You're claiming that you're claiming that you're specter grant you're uh, Steven Grant you're claiming that you're Mark Specter. you're saying that you have these two personalities okay where are they coming from let's find out let's find out together so maybe I thought that Arthur Harrow would probably be like like reverse where like being like the sort of like the supporting protagonist where he's helping out uh, specter grant try to figure out his issues I thought I saw where I, th- I thought where things were going I'm like this is actually pretty daring and audacious for an MCU property okay all in his head hmm let's see where this goes so yeah, what did y'all think of that that ending?
2: It kind of tripped me out a bit But it Does something that I It does something that I always love That TV shows did It started a conversation mm. The debate Okay, where is this going? Is this real? If Was everything that we just saw real? Was it or was it in his head? We didn't know at that point. Mm -hmm. So it just, it was one hell. It was like, it was one hell of a cliffhanger, I can tell you that. It was. That's how I looked. That's how I looked at it. And automatically, I'm like, now I really have to see what's going to happen next week because, like, what's going on? What's real? What's not? What's in his head? What's actually reality? Mm. What's Mark Spector? What's Stephen Grant? Like it left you asking questions it did, and it left you it left the conversation
1: I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I have to say that at the series conclusion, in regards to that, I still have a lot of questions. I still have more questions than answers I didn't consider the multiverse, but I did consider that maybe all of this not all of it right like we believe there's a moon knight character existing in the MCU yeah. but i believe that uh a lot of the a lot of steven's life might actually have been in his head when he wakes up you know in his bed still chained you know what i mean
3: yeah
1: um i i don't think that that's a a real physical manifestation i don't think that that's physically happening anywhere in the MCU i feel like that's how steven's projecting his life to be while he's in his head uh, so I still have more questions than answers. I know that uh, the world seems to be fine with the answers that were given. And again, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, yeah. but I'm still not fine with the answers that were given. And I still have more questions than answers. And I'm still not sure what's real and what's not. Hmm. Well, uh, that, that actually brings us into the next episode,
0: which uh, which for me was my favorite episode of the of the series. Mine too. And features some of the best storytelling in, in any of the MCU uh, uh, properties, shows or films. And this episode's called Asylum, and this and this takes place within this insane as, 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 asylum, which actually turns out uh, to be uh, uh, a plane of existence in the afterlife, much mm-hmm. like the ancestral plane. Um, and they encounter uh, Ta- Tawaret, who's this hippopotamus uh, human, this humanoid hippopotamus. An excellent special af- visual effects, by the way. Um, it's better, better than show. She-Hulk.
1: I mean. She Hulk. I mean, it has ways to go. I get it, right? Like it's not ready yet, but yeah. but damn, how are you gonna show that? I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm yeah. saying my point yeah. is they showed us some really great special effects, and they can do it. Yeah, like I, I will say with with, with She Hulk, like looking
0: at the trailer for that, um, it had it had like, the floaty face effect. Like, yeah, CG. I, I noticed that too. I'm like, hmm, maybe it'll play better like in the actual episode, but uh, but yeah, I noticed the floaty face effect, which is which is. Which is a common problem, but it, it, I will say it is a bold choice for the MCU for the, for She-Hulk to ha- have the same actor play both roles, just like just a CG version as, as She-Hulk instead of doing the Lou Ferrigno, Bill Bixby um, yeah um, uh, method of having two actors play the same character.
1: So I thought I think that's pretty audacious, but I think I MC thought it was a it bold choice to have live action. And the CG Hulk, and then a hand-drawn cartoon animated She-Hulk standing right between like all three <laughs> happening at the same time. It's like the new Chippendale movie happening.
0: Man, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out, though. I um, think it's coming out in August,
1: I believe, right? She-Hulk. I'm yeah. hoping for the best. I am. Yeah. And I expect that show to be funny. It looked funny. If if I wasn't distracted by Roger Rabbit style visuals, <laughs> uh, it looked good. Otherwise, yeah. yeah, I was very, I was very intrigued. I think that was just the only
2: flaw, and then, yeah, I'm like, you know what? This, I think, is going to be more of a comedy than anything.
0: Mm. Um, also, on uh, going back to Afton's comment, just real quick, the awkward kiss, uh, yeah, with um Stephen Grant and Layla, I thought that was sweet. It was Mark, Stephen didn't have to punch Mark didn't have to punch Stephen like for that. Come on now, um, but uh, I mean, is it cheating? Is it cheating? It's, it's not <laughs>
1: Is it cheating. He was cheating. <laughs>
0: but uh, but yeah, Asylum. Um, uh, She's
2: getting best of both.
0: So Asylum, it's uh, definitely the best episode in the series. Um, like I said, it features some of the best storytelling in the MCU. Uh, Tarahat explains that Spectre and Grant are actually dead. The psychiatric hospital is um, is actually um, a boat sailing through the Duat. The Duat is the Egyptian afterlife. So they're sailing. They sailing through the sands, and on mm-hmm. the sands are like uh, permanently frozen souls um, that have, that that didn't make their that didn't find their balance. Right. So so they're trying. So so Tara explains that they have to so the two halves, Mark Spectrum Steve and Steven Grant, have to find their balance in order to, to trans to, to to find their way into like the field of um, reeds. I believe the field of reeds. Yeah. And so throughout, and so throughout, uh, Spectre and Grant have to figure out, you know, how to how to work together. So they're ex- so they're exploring much more of of their backstory, and man, like this is this is some of the finest acting you've seen from Oscar Isaac in the show. Absolutely, especially, yeah, especially where you see the, the his origins, where his brother his brother dies in a flash flood accident when they're you know going off exploring, and then his mother. Oh directly blames him mark for his death he says that just resents him for the rest of his life Says that it's all your fault it's all your fault rest of her life yeah. for the rest for the rest of her life and then that scene where she's pounding at his door and 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 mark is like he doesn't know what to do he's like retreating into himself and then he sees this reflection and then all of a sudden like Stephen grant Stephen grant makes his appearance They're like oh no i better tidy up here and so he's like cleaning up and then you come to find out that Stephen Grant was just a character from a movie, from an av- adventure movie that he watched as a kid on a VHS tape. Yeah. Um, and then, then you see his mother break in. and goes, uh, he, he says, "I warned you. I'm gonna have to teach you how to listen." And she gets that belt. Man, I haven't seen a, I haven't seen a mother that mad on television, that mean on television since Penny's mother on Good Times, played by, <laughs> played by yeah. uh, Kim Fields' mother, uh, oh, Chip Fields. Chip Fields. I'm like all 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 she needed was an iron I was an iron and that would have been it. Um I will say, I I saw I saw a, a, a comment a a YouTube comment somewhere saying that the MCU has three of the meanest women. Um Hella, um Wanda and Mark Spector's mom. <laughs> and you know what? I'd have to agree.
2: Yeah. For- Some pretty fucked up parents in MCU. <laughs> Oh
0: yeah, like you see, you see a bit of that abuse, and then and then Mark Mark's trying to protect Steven. like oh you're not meant to see that, you're not meant to see that, and then Mark's and then St- and then um, Stephen relaxes I was like, what is what do, you, what do you mean? I'm not meant to see that? Am, am I just your stress ball? And That, that line kind of hit because it's like, ooh yeah. So up to up up until that point, Mark was just using Steve as like a stress ball or like yeah. just a means of like like a, like a defense mechanism not really recognizing him his full personhood if you will
2: Yeah it's it was um yeah and he even and Mark even told me he's like listen I created you
3: mm-hmm.
2: to deal with it and then and even in like talking to my therapist beforehand she was telling me is like yo, DID is like something that people use to kind of it's like a protective type of thing. Like to protect themselves from reliving like some, you know, traumatic events and stuff. And you actually like see you actually see when like when Mark Spector's mother dies, Mm -hmm. he couldn't even go inside the building into the funeral. Like he just sat there and then he just finally like snapped. He broke down, he just started crying Mm -hmm. to the point he just said just cried and "Ah!" Hello there, Mom.
0: Yeah.
2: And I was just like wow. Yep. Yep. Like that's when I'm like, give this man an Emmy. Oh yeah. Like at that moment, like he was just like really nailed it. And then like, well, we're going to see, we'll see that. We'll see what I'm about to say in uh, episode six, but like, yeah, right then and there, I when like, I was like, wow, you were actually able to see the moment Mm -hmm. that he created Stephen Grant.
0: Yeah, and it was heartbreaking too when you saw his father in the in the in the window just like beckoning, him, just come like, on in, and, and he refused to go in. The he, show. he just couldn't
2: because like, like he yeah. legit hated his mother. Yeah,
0: rightfully
3: so. Rightfully, yeah,
2: rightfully so. You know, like he and he just but yet he still is like he hated her but still had some type of love for her. Mm-hmm. And whereas like right there he's just grieving and angry. It's like all those emotions just came out just. It yeah. snapped, and the next thing you know,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead. You guys are ready to give out an Emmy, and you're talking about heartbreaking and stuff, and 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 I could tell that we were just we were just a hair off on our on our interpretations of of how well we enjoyed this show, and this might be one of those areas, right? Uh, I'm watching the same scene you are, man, but mm-hmm. it played out very different for me. For me, it played out like uh, it it played out like he won. The freak machete fighting accident. Because if you've seen the movie Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, it tells the same damn story with the same damn parenting. The wrong kid died, right? The wrong kid died. <laughs> Except instead of making up another personality, Dewey Cox lost his sense of smell, right? So, <laughs> oh so this God. is where Stephen Grant loses his sense of smell and creates and creates a whole nother personality, or Specter did, or one yeah. of those. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't help. But uh, have my tongue buried in my cheek at the parallels to a movie that I've watched a million times before, the Dewey Cox story. The wrong kid died is what happened here. I mean, but is is it? I mean, You're right about Oscar Isaac. He played he played it right. He played it just as good as John C. Riley. He played it just as good as John C. Riley. Well, I mean, oh, oh God,
0: it's, it's been. I haven't seen Dewey Cox like since it came out, so I have to re- re- revisit it again. But well, it's I mean, Moon Night now. But, I mean, <laughs> you, you can't, you can't, you can't compare. Like, I mean, both, yeah, both have the same like dramatic foundation, but one is actually played seriously and earnestly and well. Another one is just a parody of like Ray. Well, Sorry, Siri. Another one is just a parody of Ray and Walk the Line. <laughs> like, uh huh. Uh-huh. You can't but but just because just because they have that same like I guess like dramatic DNA does it mean that Moon Knight you you can't blame Moon Knight for making you reminding you of a comedy parody? Can't
1: I? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know you both see it. I know you both see it now. I know I've you I never both, seen Dewey Cox. I know you both see the connection. I please know you see the the wrong kid died. Please don't ruin the wrong kid. Please don't ruin this. Shout out to me. Shout out to Afton who uh who differentiates cheating by whether or not there's tongue involved so apparently <laughs> apparently you can make out all day long as long as it's not french as long as you're not french style if you're doing english style like you know like steven if you're doing english style like steven then it's it's all good it's not cheating
0: um okay so l- looking at the comments here angela says why does dewey cox come up every other day i swear uh, you have my sympathies. Also, um, also, she says, uh, Vic Roberto thinks Walk Hard is a Criterion collection. Hell yeah,
1: hell yeah. Um, I don't know about Criterion, but it is an entertaining the f- movie. The first two acts. The third act gets a little much. But,
0: um, Afton says same storyline for Peacemaker. Which great point, Afton. You know what? We haven't reviewed Peace. You know what? Actually, I'm gonna make a note to myself. Uh, Victor's Corner for Peacemaker. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna do a, a breakdown of that. Peacemaker, you gotta do the dance number, and I will do the dance. I, I probably won't do the dance number, but um, uh, Peacemaker. Uh, it's a it's a great parallel, Afton, because Peacemaker is also about uh a, a survivor, a victim of a and perpetuator of abuse. You know, in um, in in Peacemaker's character, John Cena's character, and his father being a racist piece of shit. I I did not. The world does not need a racist Tony Stark, as as he turns out in in the show. Have you So seen? so dope. But it, it, it was dope. <laughs> yeah. And, and Robert Patrick did the damn thing, man. I mean, salute to him. He's a good actor. But, uh, but yeah, um, but but yeah. Uh, get, 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 getting back to the show. Hold, um, hold on, I
1: just want to. I just want to. I gotta say, man. Yeah. Uh, walk Hard for the first two acts is dope. The third act comes off the rails. Just kind like, uh, of oh, like. Oh. The Batman. Oh, okay. Okay. Kind of uh, like the Batman. Okay, R- R- Roberto, sir. It gets um, a
0: little long unnecessarily. This is this movie yes it's 3 hours long but it's it's a film that does not feel like its length at all it is it is in my view it is perfectly constructed i mean with time with time depending on how the how the rest of the trilogy shakes out for Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson it might be on par with the dark knight trilogy might even be better we, we, let's give it time.
1: Could we take this detour just for a moment? Because I, yes. I just want to point out, like, the one thing that really killed me, besides the length. I did feel the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, besides the length, the one thing that really did kill me is, yeah. uh, and just like uh, the the Heath Ledger Joker, there was a lot of it that I could relate to. I could relate to Heath Ledger's Joker. I think I think there is a place for anarchy, and I think the Joker did have a good point about a lot of things. And just like in wrestling, right, just like in wrestling, Carl, when we, see, uh, when we see a crowd start to get behind who's supposed to be the heel, well, then the heel has to go even further to bury the crowd, to distance th- themselves from it. And what you've got is an honest story where the Riddler is kind of right. Especially as he's talking about capitalism. The Riddler is kind of right in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and Batman should blow up when things blow up in his face. I'm just saying his, his mouth isn't masked, isn't guard, whatever. Uh, the Riddler's kind of right. But then at the end, they're like, oh, now he, the Riddler's going to go too far. Now all of a sudden the Riddler's like, hey, my plan has been uh, something that you can get behind all along. But now I'm just going to kill Gotham for the hell of it. And it felt like the writers just took that turn that WWE would take to make us hate the heel, and it felt unnatural. And that was one of the problems that I had with it. And I feel like that's a storytelling device that sometimes shouldn't be in there. I know that's not Moon Knight. I apologize to your audience. I just wanted to defend my bashing of the Batman. It's not just because I'm a Marvel nerd. No, that's that's actually a fair point.
0: Um, no, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, in, in fact, that that same criticism we have is this is actually my biggest problem with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where you had the flag smashers. I agree. Just like just like had great motivation, but then they had, but then Disney Marvel always pulls this thing where you have an, a, a villain with a compelling and legitimate motivation and reasoning, but then they are then they're like, well, we don't want you to relate to them too much, so we got to have them make a hard left. And then, where the Flash Smashers, uh, when Carly uh, killed those, blew up those people in the building. I thought the same thing. I was like, "What are we doing here?" I yeah. agree. I agree completely. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but yeah. Uh, getting back to a uh, getting back to a <laughs> so you agree that Dewey Cox is just as good as the... no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say like, I, my takeaway from this from this part of the conversation is I need to watch Dewey Cox again. It's been many many years. <laughs>
1: the first two acts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> but um but yeah um but in but but as as, as the as this as this episode, episode goes on um at one point um um the, the the souls the souls from the duat from the sands they overtake the boat and uh and stephen grant falls overboard and and he's frozen and he's permanently frozen so it seems like that part of mark specter is going to be lost forever but 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 because of but, but when that happens, the the scales of justice balance. So Mark Spector gets to find his peace at last in the field of reeds, and 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 Tara says, "Hey, you made it, congratulations." But then Mark's Mark realizes that wait a minute. Well, I mean, Stephen Grant is a part of me, and I wouldn't have made it as far as I did without him. So this is a part where, where the show and us on the show for actually you know you know prioritizing mental health, where I say that well, you know. Just because you have, you suffered like this, this issue with DID doesn't mean that those personalities are something that you have to get rid of. They're a part of you, they're an intrinsic part of your identity. And it's all about learning how to cope with them and live with them and finding the support to help you get through that. So that's sort of the lesson that Mark Lee, Mark, Mark learns. And one moment, Carl. So, no, when, so he goes back to the Sands and Mark Spector willingly gives himself gives himself up to the Sands as well. And and as he's frozen, he's saying that, hey, just so you know, uh, Steven, like you're like, the best thing that's ever happened to me or something along those lines and they're and they're both frozen in time forever. But it's that moment that they needed to that full acceptance that both needed to to truly tip the balance of the to truly balance the scales. And that's when they're that's when Mark, Spectre and Stephen Grant are able to resurrect themselves from the afterlife and uh and and try to stop uh Ahmed and our and um I'm at once and for all.
2: So. You just hit it with the Easter egg. So, yes, Stephen didn't, he did not make it. Stephen Grant did not make it to the field of Reeds. Yep. But if you recall back to episode one, a little girl asked Stephen Grant, Did it suck for you getting rejected from the field of Reeds?
0: Really? She
2: asked that. She did. Huh. And she was like, What do you mean? Of course not. I'm not, I'm not dead. You know, that, at least that's what Stephen said. And then boom. Look
0: okay. what happened! Hmm. Bit of foreshadowing.
2: Yep.
1: I didn't catch this at all. Again, yeah, I, I didn't either.
2: No, that's that's a, that's
0: a good that's a, that's a good eye. Good eye, eye catch. Yeah.
2: Oh, this one for me. This is from a. um a, a, it, I it was... said, "I caught." <laughs> I appreciate it, but I can't take credit for it.
0: And then, um, then we find our way to the final sixth and final episode: gods and monsters. Um, good title, also a good, uh, great movie starring Brendan Fraser and Ian McKellen in 1998, directed, yeah. directed by Bill Condon, who won an Oscar for Adapted Screenplay um, for that film.
1: Great I, film. I ain't never fucking with you in trivia, man. I ain't never, never doing <laughs> you it. You <laughs>
2: do not want to do that. We did one episode where I just went on Twitter, looked up the hashtag Explain a Film Plot Badly, yeah. just wrote it in and just... Wrote him or read him to him and see if he can guess him. And he got him. Damn. Yeah. I did. <laughs> he hated that shit by the way. <laughs> he hated it, but he
1: was nailing it though. I gotta give it to him. I'd be sitting there praying for a running Stimpy category coming up or something, man. I don't know. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't messing with that.
0: You uh, know. You know, you know you know what you know. But uh but yeah, Gods and Monsters, the sixth and final episode. So uh Harrow Freeze Amit. So we get that big kaiju god, Egyptian god battle at the at the Great Pyramids between Ahmet and Khonshu. Um, Harrow um, is trying to is trying to execute his plan. Tarouette um, Tarouette uh, 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 helps uh, helps uh, Stephen Grant and uh, Mark Spector to make their way back into the through the gates of Oasis and waking back to reality. Um so Konshu rebonds with both Grant and um Spectre restoring their powers. But but uh Grant and Grant and Spectre both agree, both give Consu an ultimatum. He says that okay, after we defeat Harrow, we're done. We're not doing this we're not doing this fist of vengeance shit anymore. You you let us go. And and Kanchu's like, alright bet, cool, you got my word. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um also foreshadowing, um, back into the asylum episode, we saw a third sarcophagus that was that was, you know, more on that in a bit, mm-hmm. but um, but then we see we see the climactic battle with um, with both Harrow Arthur Harrow versus uh, versus uh, both Moon Knight and Mister Knight. Um, also, we get to see the debut of the Scarlet Scarab uh, by by uh, Layla uh, Layla, who actually willingly becomes the avatar, or perhaps temporarily the avatar of Tarotet, and so she gets some really cool badass armor. That is some dope shit. that, that looked good. Oh yeah, the white and gold—great touch. Um, th- those wings, those wings will give Falcon a run for his money. Um, and there was a, there was a little girl who said, "Hey, are you an Egyptian superhero?" And she's like, "Yeah, I am." And I'm <laughs> like, "That's cool." Representation um, matters. Yeah. Uh, so uh, interestingly, what I what I found most what I find interesting about this about this part is that um, and, and this kind of, and this kind of like ties into a lot of the MCU shows where and, and, and films where where when you build the character that's that's what makes the action scenes pop and that's what makes them more interesting but interestingly with 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 moon knight like it's it's more of like a character drama a character studies so i thought i thought that the the action set pieces while they were cool i thought they were the least interesting part of, of the show because because Isaac was so compelling and i really liked how 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 the show played with expectations where it's like okay you know this is the moon knight he's the main character he's the main hero you know he's going to save the day so i really liked how how just when just when moon knight's back was against the wall where ahmed looked like he was about to win he blacks out all of a sudden cuts to cuts to the next scene where you see moon knight with the hatchet against arthur arthur harrow's unconscious head he drops him and then and then mark specter's like wait was that you and then and then, and then Stephen gunner's like not a chance mate and then you're thinking what did they mean? Where
1: where the fuck did you just pull that accent from? <laughs>
0: where
1: did you that was pretty, that was pretty good? Oh, thank
0: you. But uh but yeah, but yeah, like they're both puzzled as to like how they managed to win because mm-hmm. 'cause it wasn't it wasn't because Mark Spector and Stephen Grant, they were about to lose. They were on the ropes, but then all of a sudden, next thing you know, Arthur Harrell was unconscious. Scarlet Scarab's there, she's she helped save the day. And uh and then but then Khonshu, you know, he he holds up his end of the deal. He says, "Okay, you know what, Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, I free you from being my avatar. Go live your life, um, and I will deal with uh, Arthur Harrow myself since you won't kill him." So we fast forward to the true ending of the show, which is the mid-credit scene, where we see Arthur Harrow. He's in this. He's in this uh, facility, and somebody's wheeling him out, wheeling him out to the to a to a limousine. And um, the marks, marks uh, so it looks like Arthur Harrow saves it. He's gonna live to fight another day. You see uh, a, this this figure who wheels into the uh, to the limousine just just contemptuously kicks over the wheelchair, and then then Arthur Harrow is settling in. Then he sees Conchu. He's like, what is this? He's like, um, and then he's like, look look Conchu look look I-, I I don't want you no more. Like it's over. And he goes, no it's all right. That's cool. It's cool. I just I just want you to meet a friend of mine, Jake Lockley. And then the barrier pulls down, and then you see Oscar—you see Oscar Isaac with that devilish smirk, turning around, gun pointed at Arthur Harrow, speaking Spanish, you know, saying that basically, like you know, your time is up. Shots to the to the dome, and uh, and we see the third altar, Jake Lockley in the flesh. The so so technically. Khonshu did, did hold Konchu did hold up his end of the bargain saying that okay I'm not going to control Spectre and Grant but you got this third personality my ace in the hole my my true fist of vengeance so we have a little dangling character seeing how seeing if and when Spectre and Grant will find out about the existence of Jake Lockley how are they going to take it and whether or not whether or not um, Khonshu is going to give up this third altar or not
2: Jake Lockley has been—they've been throwing hints at Jake Lockley throughout the entire series. They have, yeah. Like you remember, there was like one part when he was fighting the—he was fighting the henchman, and next thing you know, blackout, and he's pulling out a knife out of the dude's gut.
0: Oh yeah, and they're yeah. like,
2: "Was that you?" No.
0: <laughs> yeah, and mind you, Mark Specter—he's a—he's a trained mercenary. Like, yeah. This is not new for him, so. I thought that was like... And we still haven't seen what his Moon Knight uh, variation looks like, Jake Lockley's. So that's that should be mighty interesting. But yeah, Roberto, what you, what you got?
1: Jake Lockley in the comic books is very, very different. Jake Lockley... Uh, I alluded to this earlier, the three personalities. Jake Lockley's basically a scout. He's the word on the street. Uh, he does speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's out there gathering intel. He's not usually... It, they flipped it. He's He's... He's not the Merc, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The Merc is usually Mark Spector. Uh, Mark Spector or Steven, who's a lot tougher in the comic books, too. Um, So Mark Spector is a Hollywood producer. And Steven is, I think, uh, uh, like a millionaire playboy. He's playing with the money that Mark Spector is making in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So uh, just for your audience at home or anybody else, uh, to have a little bit of clarification that Jake Lockley character is... Usually the opposite. He's the sheepish man on the street just trying to get the word and trying to get some intel mm-hmm. for Moon Knight. Uh the most important thing happening. There's two two important things left. Uh, and I'm gonna start with Heart. Um into the Spider Verse, man. That I cried the first seven times I watched that movie. Mm. Uh it's it's a real deal. Well, you you said representation matters. Right and yeah almost every episode of the Steambox podcast, we talk about how representation is important. I'm putting black and brown professionals in front of my students. People who write for Marvel Comics, talking about a queer experience as they write X-Men, and um, you know, and and some of the other guests, but one of the ones that really stuck out to me is... um, I'm trying to think of like how much I wanna I wanna get into that. I let me let me just stop uh, with the guests. We I'm just gonna leave it at that. We say representation is important. I almost started getting into personal stories as Steambox students, and I don't want to get there. But the one thing that I will get to that is personal. Uh, and forgive me for uh, slowing, pausing, all of that stuff, right? Because again, I'm crying seven times watching into the Spider Verse because it means that much to me. Uh, when I took 300 students to see Black Fucking Panther. Like, mm. do you know what that feeling was like? And then after we're like with some of the students, I'm breaking it down after we're having lunch, we're hanging out and stuff like that. And just listening to them talk and having seen themselves represented, not a black person on screen, but like the black protagonist in a Marvel film oh, yeah. um, in a way that's not Tony Stark's lackey. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to shit on, you know, um, Don Cheeto's characters or anything right. like that. But in a really super way, and now, uh, not, just, uh, not just to have a, a, a woman uh, out there, but to have the Scarlet Scarab representing a whole set of people. Like a whole demographic who have been largely unrepresented. Underrepresented is accurate. Unrepresented might be hyperbole, but it feels unrepresented. For that sk- And the whole time, that moment was so powerful to me because I'm thinking there's a whole group of people that are having that Miles Morales moment that I had mm-hmm. as they're watching the Scarlet Scarab on the screen. Yeah. So uh, you hinted at it earlier, but when they took that character away from being a white character, almost like when we talked about Iron Fist earlier, when uh, now they gave that character back to their people, that felt like a small amount of justice was being had and it's way too late I wish we saw these things 50 years ago uh, but it's happening now and it's still glorious uh, so that's one of my thoughts on that uh, and then my final thought on that is a little bit darker um, you said the name of this episode was what? Gods and Monsters uh, there was a bit where Kanshu was playing with the moon stuff again uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the gods had previously stopped Kanshu. And I just watched a trailer uh, last night for the new Thor directed by my favorite director right now, Taika. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Taika's directing this new Thor. And last night we finally got a glimpse of Christian Bale. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. Christian Bale is playing Gore, Gore's the God the Butcher. butcher. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, where are these other gods when Khonshu is fucking around like a like a baby? Because <laughs> the gods had previously stopped Khonshu... And now, Khonshu's running wild without gods chasing him, just made me go, hmm, hmm, mm.
3: interesting.
2: You know, I did, I did not think about that.
1: Man, I'm still trying to figure out who's a scroll. I got my, me and my son have our eyes on uh, Bruce Banner, but
0: mm. Bruce Banner has a scroll.
1: Mm. His arm is all better. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> but then, in She-Hulk, he's still, oh, You know. He's still he's still Professor Hulk, but yeah. his arm is better. Better, yeah. He shows up as Shang Chi at the end of the movie, as just dead regular Bruce Banner with an injured arm. Oh, or maybe,
0: or maybe like, or or maybe like his human version. You know, still,
1: I still have a lot of questions.
2: He's yeah. still, but he's still Professor Hulk though, hmm. which is the fusion of both.
1: Yeah, could. Could the end of Moon Knight tie into Thor in some superficial way, in some blink and you missed it way? I don't know, but I was—it's it, just one of the wow. things that I wonder. Like,
0: I would—I would say like with um, with with the God Killer uh, character, I think maybe that's more for the uh, for like the cosmic end of of the MCU, like or like the all the all the cosmic gods like across the. So like, but it's confirmed that
2: Bast is in there, the Panther God
0: is in is in is in, go- in Thor. Yes,
2: is going to be in Thor. Hmm, interesting. Russell Crowe plays Zeus.
1: Yeah. So
2: yep. it's like
1: that shit that he did with Thor's clothes was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying you, the, you're, that's you're that's tying it, would... it together, right? Yeah. Like, there there could be. There. Yeah. There's.
0: That'd be interesting to see, like if you know, versus a uh, Moon
1: Knight versus like the, this God Killer, or maybe like a disciple of the God Killer, perhaps. Maybe just sets up. Maybe it's just hinting at you know, more to come in Thor or some, some slight, because when you said that this was totally disassociated, I mean, there are elements, right? There was the Wakandan book on his bookshelf yeah, uh, and, and another few slight ties. So yes, this is a standalone kind of, kind of event, yeah. but then I can't help but wonder where the gods go by the end. Mm, that's true. And,
0: and, uh, and, you know, in the MCU, like pretty much like all of the pantheons, like across different, you know, human cultures, like they all exist. Like, Norse gods, um, you know the Bast and Wakandans. Um, hmm,
3: that that would be
0: interesting. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, Marvel should just go all out with the whole gods theme, right? And since we ha- and since they have Russell Crowe in there as Zeus, why not bring the Gladiator to a movie? Oh God, that, no! That, that oh God, we, no! That we that we should have that we should have right. gotten. Like I don't know. If, I don't know if you heard about the. Gladiator Two, like the like, the, there was like this whole crazy camp, not a campaign, but there was this whole thing like um, many years ago. It was like this writer and musician Nick Cave. He had a he had like I think he had some sort of like a treatment where. He, and by the way, ha, ha, have you seen the first Gladiator film, Russell Crowe?
1: I was entertained. Nice, and I see what you did there. Thank you. Yes, um, so Where's my drum. Thing?
0: Thank you. So yeah, Gladiator I'm Two. So think... there was like there was like this wild pitch for, for what a Gladiator sequel would be. So like Gladiator Two, basically Maximus, you know, he wakes up in the afterlife, but then he he find, he wakes up in biblical bibl- he's resurrected in biblical times, and he actually has to fight Christ, Jesus Christ himself. So it's like Gladiator Gladi- Gladiator yes. Two, Christ Killer. <laughs> I want this. So, oh, I my think, God. so I think I want this. I so need I need th- this. So, I think that the MCU should go bold. If we're bringing all the gods across different human pantheons, oh, let's bring the no. Christian god into the MCU. Let's bring JC himself into the MCU versus, what's the name of Christian Bale's character in God of If you ask my
1: son's girlfriend and Angela, Zeus? he's already in there. It's Oscar Isaac. Jesus Christ is already in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> walking on water. And...
2: Well, we'll, we'll, we'll... Who's going to play Jim Caviezel? Oh, shit. No,
0: no, no. no. We, go, we have to cast either a black, black actor or a Middle Eastern actor. yeah you're right so we cast so we cast somebody to play Christ right and we have Russell Crowe you know as Zeus versus versus the MCU's version of Jesus Christ and we get the Gladiator 2 Christ Killer movie in the MCU Disney you got the money you got the capital the question is do you have the gumption to do it nope but here's what
2: if they was to do that all they have to do is just it would be it would be the the classic you know superhero versus superhero uh formula Oh, they, they go out for a little bit. Up. They end up teaming up.
1: Powers, mega powers. Against
2: <laughs> against who? Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mephisto.
2: Hmm. Well,
1: who wins in this fan fiction of yours, <laughs> or does it end up in a team up like Carl suggested?
0: Uh, oh, I, I think Zeus would, would, would just win.
1: I, I know that fan fiction. Uh, I know that fan is already just gonna start writing. Make them kiss, right? I know <laughs> fan fiction is just gonna be like now they kiss.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, oh even, not oh tongue. God. Not tongue.
1: Afton. Don't like, worry.
0: Not <laughs> no, no, you, you, you can. Ha- you can have. You can have Zeus and and MCU Christ. They can kiss. They can full tongue action and all. And then all of a sudden, like and no, so that's like that's like the Thanos snap. And all of the and all of the racist, homophobic, uh, event evangelical Christians they get snapped away into existence at the moment of that kiss. Hmm. There you go.
1: I think they should be around to observe it. Yeah. I think i'd i prefer if they stayed around to observe it mm, indeed
0: that that would be interesting so it's like it's like they have to really confront what their what their faith actually means yeah
1: i like your pantomime with it too it made me start imagining what else was going on <laughs> <laughs> well uh oh man this, this, is, this is so much
0: we can go, we can go well wow this went off the rails <laughs> uh what's up, what's up chris revel <laughs> <From> <laughs> let's let's chat with chris revel he's in the chat it's my guy right there. um yes pot twist indeed so yeah i i i think we should make it happen but um okay. hey but uh but yeah um but yeah moon Knight, uh that's 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 the series <laughs> Um, so if I, any final thoughts, gentlemen, about the about the series and where you think it gonna go or where you want it to go? Um, there's a
2: lot of things I do see coming, though. One of the one of the things I do hope to see is the Midnight Suns. Mm. Mainly because I bought their first appearance comic and I can use that value.
3: Okay.
1: Did you uh did you see Ghost Rider and Doctor Strange? He
2: was in it? Multiverse? Of it. No, he was in it?
1: Well, who was the asshole that decided to ride his motorcycle through a Schumacher fight at the beginning what What was that about? What is even happening if he's not a superhero who's about to flame on, oh wait, that's Johnny Storm If he's not a superhero whose head's about to like explode, then why did some motorcycle guy decide to ride i could- I couldn't make sense of this at the, i'm I'm sorry I'm not actually suggesting that it was ghost Rider I'm just wondering what the hell was happening in that scene uh I need some midnight suns um but what's on the table already? Uh, I'm very, I'm very, very. Uh, I racking, I'm racking my brain about uh, invasion. Uh, I don't know what the hell they're gonna do. There are characters that I don't think that they could afford to pay. To show up in invasion like a Robert Downey Jr. to show up as a Skrull, mm-hmm. uh, or to say that our Robert Downey Jr. was a Skrull and they give us back Robert Downey Jr., which would probably cheapen his death. you will. But any of these things would be a huge draw, though, but I can't imagine them spending that kind of money. So who the hell's left to actually be a Skrull that would be meaningful? And that's why I'm already starting to take a look at that. I look at uh, what we just talked about. It's always on the forefront of my mind. As being a light-skinned Puerto Rican, I'm always thinking about race because I kind of walk between both worlds and am fully accepted in neither world. Um, I'm always hyper-obsessed about race. Representation is important. That's why I cried seven times for Miles Morales. And that's why I followed the stories of Kamala Khan when they first brought her into the Marvel Universe. So I'm a little worried about what... I've seen so far of that show, the Miss Marvel show, and I'm hoping for the best. But I'm so excited about Riri Williams, Ironheart, who does have a Disney show coming out soon. Who's gonna make her debut in Black Panther. Black too. Panther. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I need I just need that to go well. Uh, not only because representation is important, not only because I see Riri Williams in so many of my students. Uh it's just a badass dope character that I want to st- I want them to stop making her wear pink with hearts on all her shit. I want her to just be able to go out and be a badass uh girl from the hood in Chicago. Uh so these are some of the things that I'm hopeful for.
3: Nice.
0: Absolutely. And um and also too like uh I'm I'm very curious uh to see where not only, not only where 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 they take the Moon Knight character and and how they're gonna integrate him into the larger MCU, because because I, th- I think that like the biggest strength of the show is is how how separate it is from it. Um, I hope that they can they can in- integrate Moon Knight in a way that he doesn't come off as like oh just another jokey quippy MCU protagonist. Because I, I think I think like Oscar Isaac brings a lot more to the table than just that. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I hope that Moon Knight also is, is also a way is also a way for for marvel to just to just to, to, to be more comfortable with introducing more stories and characters that that can acknowledge a shared universe but don't necessarily have to connect everything into like the larger multiverse um so i think that i, I would like to see more standalone properties from from marvel moving forward where they can still have the multiverse stuff but they can have like these like k- intimate character pieces too like moon knight so i'd like to see more of that as well in parallel with the main the main mcu um multiverse storyline um and, I, and 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 to your point roberto I, I also would love to see more of that representation um across the board like with uh, with many of the uh um mcu protagonists like with a with an iron heart with a miss marvel uh with the marvels coming out uh next yeah. year um um let me see uh, I w- I w- and uh, I know with um thinking of thinking of thinking of other uh lesser known characters I would I would like to see the return of Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp with Lawrence Fishburne I thought they were a pretty good pair I think there's a lot of potential potentially good storylines that you could still follow with those characters I'm expecting
1: yeah. her to show up as a thunderbolt Ooh that
0: be interesting that would be mighty interesting um also too like I, I would like I would like to, I would I would like to see like a rebooted since we have the multiverse in effect, I like to say a rebooted uh, version of the Inhumans with all new all new actors and characters. So that way, like there's potential there to give them, give them a second chance, you know. Um, and also, uh, as, and also, while we're on representation. Let's, let's have the Daughters of the Dragon you know have, have those characters Misty Knight and what was the other character Colleen Wing Colleen Wing have have Colleen Wing be the new Iron Fist and not acknowledge Danny Rand have Finn Jeez, Jones man have, have, have Finn Jones <laughs> you know it's pretty bad Carl, was, Carl you know, pretty I bad.
2: know but just let it go
0: you know have Finn Jones you know find his way you know play 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 like a DC Extra somewhere I don't know but like have, have Colleen Wing be the new Iron Fist nobody acknowledges let Danny the Rand guy
1: let the white rich guy fund all the other shit that's happening and let him there set a cue for the rest of the world to, to actually follow there you go yeah man they had those characters in Netflix and I hope I hope it's do some multiverse shit or something they can they can bring them in because they were dope oh yeah like the the Daredevil Luke Cage
2: well there, it's been confirmed that Daredevil's getting a new show
1: well Colleen, Colleen uh, Jessica Henwig she's yeah. dope she is mm. dope as everything she does mm. oh yeah
3: yeah,
0: we we need we need more of her and less of the the gentrifier, the colonizer.
2: Well, let's just say this: if they do bring back Finn Jones, it'll be Marvel Studios
1: produced.
0: Well, you, you got nothing. Yeah, make them good. They gonna <laughs> they gonna make them learn
1: how to act or or fight. Yeah. That should have been a requirement. They should have been like, hey, can you throw a punch? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, they they they're gonna have they, they have their work cut out for them if they if they do reboot his show which this shouldn't waste don't bother nobody cares about iron fist but anyway but anyway yeah that was that was moon night um that was our recap uh wow we haven't, we haven't gone you haven't gone over two hours in a long time but uh but yeah um <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah that that was our that was our take uh let us know what you think uh send us an email uh gmail.com. it's been a while since we received some viewer email from people not named john haponic dear friend of our show
2: or bank of, of- america
0: <laughs> That them too and uh let's give a bunch sh- one, one more shout out to two of our sponsors uh silk city hot sauce uh, silk city hot sauce, uh, dot com. use the promo code codex to get 15% off of your order all sorts of great hot sauce flavors from erotic fever to mango madness and badass Jew all these all these flavors you could pour all over your chicken all over your partner all this and more yep. silk city hot sauce <laughs> dot com. Uh, uh, great great hot sauce flavors up and down the up and down the card also um, yep. infamous customs. M F A M U Customs. Um, Afton, Afton Ward, friend of the show. Uh, be sure to be sure to visit her on Instagram. Get all get order yourself some cool Codex Prime apparel. We got the Codex Prime T shirts. We got uh, uh, Victor Vader. We got DJ Mister Bird. Do the film thing. All this and more. Uh, just go to M F A M U Customs on Instagram. Let me customize you.
2: All right.
0: InfamousCustoms dot Yes
2: dot the website is up
0: yes it is yes it is uh, so yeah uh, other that,
1: where can ste- they find you at SteamboxRI man check us out the stuff that my students are doing is pretty dope um, and I'm always looking to tie into the community I'm not uh, we need to fund everything so I'm you know I have to that's part of my job is chasing funds. that's not what I'm looking into that's not what I'm looking at you guys for I'm looking at uh, bringing dope mentors from the community in to work with the students and uh, just make some dope collaborative opportunities that's all at Steambox R.I., right. thank you yes right. absolutely yes
2: you gotta know go. check them out so uh, those those your students are so they're such good kids.
0: I appreciate that, man yeah and and you know where to find us on the codex prime podcast uh soundcloud S- soundcloud stitcher spotify iHeartRadio, itunes oh uh, pretty much we're pretty much everywhere
2: yep facebook oh. uh, facebook live thank you for watching instagram at codex prime podcast
0: and twitter Twitter
2: codex prime cast Yep.
0: and that's it we're everywhere so yeah so once again roberto thank you so much for joining us chopping it up all nerd nerd stuff moon Knight. We will have you back on for sure.
2: Oh, the door's already open. I look forward to it.
0: Yes, indeed. Um, And and, uh, thank you all for watching and listening in the chat. Uh, Tune in next week. Same codex time, same codex channel. Um, As always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds.
2: Later.